everyone. Welcome back to the Union of the Unwanted. Ricky, take it away. What's up, everybody? Another episode of the Union of the Unwanted, which is for some new listeners, it's a, a swap cast alternative media hangout show that we do trying to bring interesting people together to uh, create some interesting conversations. And today's a special show because we have a lot of great guests, some returning guests, but uh, one guest that's been dealing with an issue we've all been dealing with, but Recently, uh, Dell Bigtree's on to talk about some censorship issues because that's actually why we started this show because we were trying to gather people together from alternative media to figure out how do we fight back against censorship, what's our, uh, what's our alternatives, some of the issues we've been dealing with or whatnot, and trying to brainstorm some possible solutions. So, uh, you know, I, I figured Dell, after getting kicked off YouTube, I know he just got back on Twitter after a, a three. He did. Yeah. So, do, do you want to do you want to give us a kind of an update on what happened with uh, YouTube and everybody else? You know, as, as these shows go, jump in as as you want. Try to mute if you can when you're you're not talking, just so we can prevent some backup uh, background noise. And uh, you know, and and I guess uh, when you f- find something to say or you have something to say, just jump in when you when you have the opportunity. Yeah, great. Um, you know, I for three, over three years now, I've done 175 episodes every Thursday of my show, The High Wire. I've been, you know, investigating science and medicine the way I had for my whole career. I mean, my, I started on CBS, on the CBS talk show, The Doctors, where I won an Emmy Award, celebrating the best that science and medicine has to offer. Um, and then, of course, I made a documentary called Vax because doing that job, I ran into a whistleblower at the CDC that was saying that um, they were committing scientific fraud on the vaccine safety studies. And that sent me into a whole world that I never expected. And the beauty of social media was I was able to bring two other CBS uh, uh, producers along with me and do what we always dreamed to do on television, which was uncensored investigation into health and sciences without uh, Pharma and Merck and Sanofi Aventis and, and Pampers telling us what we could and couldn't say, which is what you deal with on television. And so here we had this beautiful free space and I was on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, Periscope for three years, um, you know, discussing vaccine dangers and issues that, that I was uncovering, investigating that. And of course, I have a nonprofit where half of the work that we do is um, to sue when the government is covering things up. And I've won lawsuits against Health and Human Services, the CDC, the FDA, uh, and the National Institute of Health. Um, so all of those things are obviously getting me into a lot of trouble, right? I'm messing with the government of the United States. Uh, and because of that, we're now we're, we're developing some power, which is what I think is, is playing into all of this. COVID-19 came along and that allowed us to really flex our muscles on the high wire since all of us were medical producers. And it allowed me to get away from the conversation of just vaccines for a while and talk about science. And, and how you really look at death rates and infection rates. And so we've been, I think, accurately predicting many of the things that are now becoming obvious with this pandemic or pandemic, however you want to look at it. But we predicted the end of the imperial model. We knew that the death rate was nowhere near what they'd said. We've been on hydroxychloroquine as a treatment since April, the first time Didier Raoult in France said he had multiple studies proving its effectiveness. Um, you know, we are you know, masks, all of it. We've been reporting on all of it. What's ironic, though, is about three weeks ago is when this all happened. Um, I had finished my show on Thursday, and I somebody said, you have an article about you in Media Matters. Media Matters wrote an article that essentially said, 
anti-vaxxer Del Baytree is using Facebook and YouTube to spread dangerous information on uh, coronavirus. And moments later, that's when my Twitter uh, put me in jail and was asking me to remove about seven of my tweets, all tweets that all I had done was post peer-reviewed science with a comment about it or an article with a comment about it. I thought that's what Twitter was for, was to start dialogues. And, and whether you disagree or agree, it was a forum for us all to debate. Um, and then by Saturday, CNN had a report out where they were showing my show, talking about how dangerous this guy was. And actually, the quotes they used against me were just comments people were making on my show, you know, that their own personal comments about trilateral commissions and population control as though I had said it. You know, people can say whatever they want, but I'm now being held responsible by CNN for what people are commenting that are watching my show. By Monday, um, so, uh, Facebook then, there's a second article by Media Matters, really pressuring. It was clear they were pressuring Facebook and YouTube to pull me. Facebook sent me a message, if you post another video, uh, like these that we've already pulled, then you will be un, uh, unpublished. So I thought we were going to lose Facebook that week, and I was working on my show on Wednesday, you know, saying I was going to lay the timeline out for everybody. And, of course, this was all the same week that that same Monday where Facebook was threatening to take me down, we had the Frontline Doctors uh, Summit in front of the Supreme Court where 12 doctors stood in front of the Supreme Court all discussed the fact that they were using hydroxychloroquine on hundreds of patients. They basically were there to all agree that we do have a treatment now. The pandemic is over. Kids can go back to school. Nobody else needs to die. Let's, let's move on. And of course, I think as most of you know, I, I don't know if it's a record, but 17 million views in six hours that Breitbart video got before YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook took them down. I remember waking up the Tuesday morning right after that and, you know, just looking at my Facebook feed and all it was was the frontline doctors, the people. It was, it's one of those amazing moments where the people just stepped up. They all risked their own channels to get that video out. And it just went haywire around the world. And then, of course, I was going to tell that whole story on my show Wednesday. I'm mapping out my show. And I said, and then Facebook threatened to take us down. And I look at my COO and her eyes got really big. She's looking at her phone. It's like, what? She's like. YouTube just pulled our channel. Um, and so we had never been warned. I don't know of any strikes against us. We didn't know YouTube was having an issue. Uh, and YouTube was the player for our website, right? And so we had 24 hours to figure out if Facebook takes us down, how are we going to be live to our viewers? So we hired a company to try and get live streaming up. We're still struggling with that. If anybody knows a really great company, it's, it's, it appears to be much more difficult to stream live on your website than most people realize. So we're, we're looking at a couple different companies. But what was, what was really beautiful about it is, you know, YouTube, when, we're, when people are watching our show, it's 11 a.m. Pacific time um, every Thursday. YouTube, our live viewership's around 3,500 to 5,000 live viewers. On Facebook, it tends to be 8,000 live viewers. And of course, we get hundreds of thousands of views throughout the week as people go back and watch it and share it and those things. But I've been saying to my team, it's getting to the point now where I can't walk through an airport where someone doesn't walk up and say, I love your show. I love what you're doing. I said, that just, it defies reason that we're in like the thousands or tens of thousands if I'm being recognized like that. It reminded me of an interview with John Favreau once. They were talking about how his, his, his career started with swingers. 
like, you know, did you make a fortune off of swingers? Like, no, I lost money. In fact, the distribution company told me that we lost money on swingers. And he's like, it's always blown my mind because I've never met anyone that hasn't seen swingers, you know, and it feels a bit like that. So anyway, we put out a video, told everyone on YouTube, if you're, you know, that if you're on YouTube or Facebook, definitely go over to our website because we'll be streaming there. And so we streamed on that Thursday, you know, 24 hours later. It was, it was bumpy, and then our, our website crashed, and we had to get it back up. And, and we were thinking, geez, we must have had everybody from YouTube and Facebook. There's like, what, 15,000 people at one time crashed our website? And our analytics came in two or three days later, and 221,000 people were trying to watch our show live. And I just thought, Facebook and YouTube have been lying to us. <laughs> So that's where we're at, right? We're, we're um, Facebook, we're still alive, even though of my last three shows, two of them were taken down as soon as they were finished, but they are leaving our channel there. Um, and we're bracing, we're, we're looking to build, you know, a Fort Knox website that can't be hacked and can't be stopped because I think our viewership is now at a place where we've sort of transcended the need for the algorithms, which we were all counting on and I loved it while it lasted. Now enough people and the word of mouth is getting out there that I feel like, you know, I'm hoping we can survive wherever we go because we're not going to stop telling the truth and, and sharing our message. Mike, do you want to add to uh, the live stream thing? Because you're, you're the tech savvy guy on this call. Uh, yeah, trying to stream to your own server. I mean, that's going to create uh, a, a big headache. Uh, you have to pay for all that server space. Why not just stream to DLive and then record it locally and then just host your video? Um, it seems like that'd be a lot less of a headache than uh, trying to figure out your own encoding and, and hiring a tech company to do that. Um, yeah, it's, it seems like it seems like use the platforms that exist, like D Live. You can stream there, just record it locally and upload it. Uh, you'd probably get a good measure of traffic uh, from that too. I sympathize with your concerns um, in trying to get the, your own platform going. Um, but there are ways technologically to, to get around that and move quickly. Uh, I'd be more than happy to to work with you, whatever you need. I'm a software awesome. developer by by day, so. Okay. Uh, but Greg Carward, uh, he's got his own thing going. I I don't I know he streams to to YouTube sometimes, but he's got his own platform. I'm not sure if he's uh, tried to stream to his own website to try to do that. Maybe Greg could let us know what he does. No, I mean. I really just do audio and that's a big part of why so I can make sure I always can consistently do what I do and you add video and then uh, when you get shut down it is harder to to really get what people are used to seeing you do so I really got not a lot to add in that regard and with because podcasts they go up on the RSS feeds and that's a pretty uh, unregulated network of delivery. So it really doesn't seem to matter. I've never heard of someone getting their RSS feed pulled. Yeah, you might get taken off iTunes. Again, that's one of the big brands. But with video, it does get more difficult. But I do think Mike's right. There are some completely nonpartisan tools that can be used without the front end of a Facebook or a YouTube. And then maybe you don't have to worry about building everything from scratch quite as much as much, but I understand the concern too. I understand the desire to want to do that. Yeah. Well, well this is not a, a Dell's imagination. Media matters is run by David Brock. David Brock is a bundler for the Obama administration. They've been very upfront about who they are and what they're trying to do. They talk about what does success look like for us? And it's talking about controlling, um, 
in in context of Trump, but but this could also be related to anything that doesn't fit uh, their narrative. They talk about how they have Facebook and Twitter and YouTube on board with them in the deplatforming process that they've been they've they've let them know that they'll work with Media Matters what they need to get done, and if that's to deplatform somebody, but it's coming from even higher than them. It's coming from guys like like groups like the Atlantic Council and the Pointer Institute and the German Marshall Fund, they have set the agenda that they don't want people talking about this. And this information is has been deemed to be radioactive. And so if you're talking about it, Media Matters is going to put their, they're going to use their influence with Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and say, listen, this is these are the people that need to take a hike out of here. And so this is what's happening. So it's not, we're not paranoid. We're not imagining this stuff. This is a directive that's coming from up top and it is designed to silence the opinions and, and dis- silence the discussions about these sorts of things that we're having. And it's really devious, but it's here to stay, unfortunately. And uh, that's not all. I mean, what else is really bad is that um, even if you do it on your own website, they can go in there and censor that. This, I recently, I have a, I have a side uh, website called Broken Simulation. I let anybody who's on here, if you want to post your videos there, you can. You got to do it through YouTube, but you can post your videos there so all of our listeners can go and check it out and they don't have to like, worry if we're getting shadow banned. So I put a couple videos up there that have uh, not only been taken down off of YouTube, but somebody has gone into that website and taken down the post out of there. So it's not even that it's it's that they don't want you to discuss it on your on their platform. It's also they want you not to discuss it on your platform. Uh, I you know I I had posted that that Shadowgate video. Someone had ripped it and sent it to me, so I, I uploaded it to uh, Vimeo and then I posted it to um you uh, on my WordPress website. And I woke up today and it was gone. It wasn't there. And that is the scariest part of that whole thing. It's, well, it's, it, it, and you see this on YouTube too. You can't even debate people on subjects that they don't want. You know, I don't care what it is. You, you can't debate people. I had the Russian vids guy who's been banned everywhere. And we debated on all of his theories that everything is a false flag. And I, we had disagreements and we, we debated each other. And they took that video down. They gave me a mark for it. I'm like, I argue with the guy. I did not agree with what he said. And I love the Russian vids guy because, you know, the the crazier, the better. I love, I, 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 you know, I'm all about the island of misfit toys. But he, <laughs> they took it right down. And I, I, YouTube is, I'm like, I argued with the guy that I didn't agree with them. They don't care. So it, it's not even that you can, uh, that you're going to do it on somebody else's website or you're not going to agree with the point they don't like. They just don't even want it discussed. And that's the scariest thing. Well, well let me announce tomorrow, uh, August uh, 18th, the pandemic documentary is coming out in full. And London Real is going to host it and put it out on their website. So definitely check it out. I think in the East Coast time, it's going to be noontime, I think, um, when it's uh, when they're doing it. And same thing with London Real. London Real had the same issues. Dell's been on there. Um, I, I give Brian Rose a, lo- a lot of credit because... You know, kind of like Robert Kennedy Jr. He kind of got like dragged into this battle. Like he wasn't. It's not like it was. You know, something that he he jumped. He he initially wanted to to take all this heat for. Um, he just kind of just got, you know, stuck in it. And now he's. I give him a lot of credit for actually putting his other episodes and his whole platform on the line for these issues. So I give him a lot of credit. 
And David Ike's platform, Iconic, I-C-K-O-N-I-C.com, is going to be hosting uh, Vaxxed, is going to be making an appearance on there as well. So if people are trying to find that, Dell, obviously. Great. Uh, Dell, I saw that in the theaters here in Denver. I've yeah. never seen I've never seen news trucks in front of the movie theaters to interview people coming out of of movies before, but they did for yours for some reason. They really were were interested in that. So if people are trying to having a hard time finding uh, that that uh, movie, which is a great movie by the way, everybody should see it. Iconic has decided they're they're partnering up with you apparently, and and oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's all great. And, and and by the way, with all of this, I'm not one that is you know depressed about any of this. In fact. I celebrate every moment of censorship. Getting kicked out of Tribeca with our film was the greatest thing that ever happened to us. And it was part of the plan. I mean, I, I knew what the topic was. And in order to be recognized, the only way we would get press was to be censored. So I love it that New York Times is attacking me, the Washington Post, all of that. You know, and, and when people first reach out to me and say, I'm being attacked as soon as I touch the subject, I want to sue. I say, don't waste time suing, just keep talking. Because if you're in an article, if they're shutting you down, if they're talking about you, you're gaining people and they're losing people. The, you know, this is the end for them. I mean, it is so obviously desperate now. How many people, you know, I can't tell you how many people reach out to me that never even looked at our topic. They're like, I, as soon as I saw censorship going on, I was curious what you're up to. You know, our numbers are skyrocketing at the moment. And I just, you know, to me... I would just love to see more platforms. You know, if I was a programmer, I don't know why someone's not building a, uh, the next Facebook that's uncensored because they're breaking the rule that you learn in television. Don't have to go after one party or the other. You just lost half of our audience and an audience we're you know, fighting to hold on to. In television, you want as many people as you can get. That's what made Facebook. It's what made YouTube. And instead, they're destroying their platforms as we speak, and frankly, the, the sad thing is that when we thought about, when we watched Facebook and YouTube and these things, we start with MySpace, this would have been the moment, right? In the middle of this pandemic, this would have been the moment that, you know, the beautiful part of social media could have proved itself, Facebook and YouTube, offering a forum where doctors from around the world in the middle of a pandemic that's affecting the world could throw it all on the table in front of the people and have a real debate. I'm using hydroxychloroquine here. We're using this asthma medication over here. Oh, you know, here in China, where you, you know, a lot of success with intravenous vitamin C to have to watch doctors like actually have a forum where they could have spoken around the world to come to a conclusion. And instead, Facebook and YouTube, during that moment, they sort of said they were there for, are shutting down all of the speech in the middle of a pandemic that could have saved actual lives. I think it's, the, it's their undoing, and we are watching them, you know, uh, crumble before our eyes. And I think every time I hear, this is here to stay, I don't think so. I think that we are... I think we're slaughtering them. And there's so much, just like, I mean, I look at how many squares. Every time I'm in one of these interviews, there's just more and more of us that are sharing the truth. So it doesn't even matter if I go down or the high wire goes down. We're everywhere. We're unstoppable now. We are the ones that are too big to fail um, simply because of the numbers. I think we should be, remain very positive about what we're doing. And there are enough platforms that we're, you know, we're jumping onto every crazy streaming site that exists. Um, but I think we should really see it. If, if you look at Nazi Germany or any other, you know, um, archaic control system, 
the censorship and the book burning are the last ditch efforts to hold on to control. It usually spells the end of that regime. Um, at least that's how I see it. Or we're just going to be, or the world to be just so incredibly ugly. I, I can't even picture it, but I just don't see it. All of these things are waking people up by the millions and millions. When I started talking about the pandemic and the COVID-19 vaccine, I think two, three months ago, 76% of the country were saying they would definitely get a COVID-19 vaccine. Now we're down to 42%. I think it's down for just from two weeks ago at like 50%. So can you imagine being pharma? Can you imagine being Tony Fauci and the World Health Organization? Every time you censor, everything we're doing is failing, then people are leaving us. Uh, it's an incredible moment. And I want to thank all of you that have been sharing all of these discussions because I think we're kicking their ass. So, so if I could just jump in with probably two of the problems I see with everything that have been kind of represented this week or in the last two weeks is number one, BitChute is probably the biggest competitor for YouTube out there. It's taken years to get there. Um, the platform has its problems, but it's still the biggest competitor. Now when you go to Twitter, it's spam. Many people and many people will click off of that because they're unaware of what's really going on. They also got uh, band.video apparently. So now, you know, this idea and we've been talking about it now for over a month of all these different platforms rising up and being able to compete. I just see that right now. If there's until lawsuits happen, okay, and these people are unconnected, I think that's imagination land for the very reason that you look at Google being the number one search engine in the world. The number two is YouTube. And then you take their biggest competitor, right? And you've censored them. And it took years for them to become that biggest competitor. And you've got to understand, YouTube itself was usurped as the biggest actual rising tech company by Google, by Google doing what they couldn't, being able to provide everybody to upload what? Longer videos. Forget about the live streaming. That was the big thing. And they quickly got to that level, bought them out for $8 billion. So that's number one. Number two, you know, you just, you just talked about hydroxychloroquine, uh, vitamin C, I'm going to go with also D3, zinc, and um, the inhaled steroid. Why? Because we just had a member of Congress contract COVID, test positive, then test negative after taking all those treatments, yeah. and then test positive for the antibodies, and that's not national news. Okay? So that's another huge issue when we're talking about deplatforming and then just in information in general. That man is I've got 1,500 videos on my channel. That is the only video that has been locked is when he he said Erica Caramello Bar's name uh, during those Ukraine here, the pre-impeachment trials. So we're already, we've already seen censorship go from a level of we're going to censor a congressman saying somebody's name to now censor that same congressman about medicine that he's taken that obviously cured him after censoring doctors. I really feel like, guys, we are now at the level, if we're not out in the streets in the next couple months, especially with the narrative of defunding the post office and mail-in voter fraud, we could be living in a very different country in December, January. Uh, those are just my two cents. That The time for like, oh, we're going to make a platform and all that other stuff. Listen, I got banned today from Pinterest. Somebody had my videos on Pinterest, so you just clicked it and got to the video. Gone. I'm harmful content. I mean, I've never had a strike. That's the one video that got banned. And the only other video I've had taken off was Dr. Cameron Sedell talking about the death rates on ventilators uh, in the beginning of April when no one was talking about it. 
So that's the level of censorship we're at here. So again, in, unless we're ready to organize, take to the streets, demand lawsuits against these companies, they're not utilities. They're parts of the media military industrial complex. I'll keep saying it. I mean, Google working in AI, working right. in quantum computing with NASA, with our national defense. That's not a company. That's not yeah. a company. So there's a lot of issues we better take to now and just stop hoping. Listen, I love Ben Swan. I, I, I love the ability to, to post to these other platforms, but you're seeing what they're doing. Big tech collusion is real and it's right in our face. And it's not just oppressing us, the little guy, it's oppressing doctors and members of government. Right. Um, I want to say something, Jason, yesterday I did a show about Fei-Fei Lee. It was in the press for 10 seconds. She's the woman who started with Eric Schmidt, um, Google China and Project Maven that the Google employees in America retaliated and pulled out of Project Maven. This woman is a subsidized uh, Chinese uh, tech woman who somehow got through Princeton, Caltech, and now runs Stanford's AI uh, lab. And she is the ultimate expert of AI in the world. Well, Google had to let her go. And about a week after COVID took over, uh, she was put on the board of Twitter. And nobody's paying attention to that. There's a, a legitimate accused Chinese spy who went with Eric Schmidt to try to start Google China to infiltrate actually our military um, complex, our entire tech complex. And she's part of what's happening with Twitter. This is much bigger than Twitter. Twitter and Google and them, this is not about them. This is Whoever said it, this is about the Council of Foreign Relations and uh, the smart city movement. I mean, the, I did a show yesterday, I think it was banned, but um, about uh, Eric Schmidt and I'm in New York City and, and everything they're saying is that times 10. It's ridiculous and it happened really fast. And um, I did a lot of research, like why is this happening? And then I saw that Rahm Emanuel wrote a book not that long ago about how mayors are the new rulers in America. And when I looked into the book, then I saw that not that long ago, around the time of um, event 201, there was a mayor smart city conference. And shortly into the COVID lockdown here, Cuomo comes on TV with Bill Gates and um, Eric Schmidt, and is saying that the same people who ruined our education with Common Core are now going to reimagine New York City. Well, I read two days ago, Cuomo sends out some uh, complimentary email to himself to tell us where we are in our recovery. And he touts that he's put up 100,000 smart streetlights. And those smart streetlights have 100,000 cameras. And underneath Times Square, there are sensors that they can monitor. If you stupidly download the COVID-19 NYC app, they can find you wherever you are. So, so there's something else going on here with the specific yeah. cities and the specific mayors that got involved with Gates and with Google and Sidewalk and Schmidt to turn our mega cities into smart cities. And part of my, and after I was research, there, yeah, I have that book too. I looked at it yesterday. After I researched and researched, I said, what are they, I mean, it's clear on purpose that they're trying to make people leave New York City, at least where I am. And all I can think is they're trying to make everyone that can afford to live here leave. And then they're going to destroy New York as, as much as they can in order to rebuild it. Apparently there's been $575 million already in um, Cuomo's 
smart New York plan. Well, who's that money coming from? It's not coming from Jack or from Zuckerberg. It's coming from the Gates Foundation and yeah. from 2030. And when I was researching it, I read that um, the UN 2030 craziness, they said that uh, their goal is in um, 2050 to have 60% of American citizens living in a mega city, a mega smart city. But right now they're driving everyone out of the cities. So all I can think is they want everyone out except for the people that depend on them. Then the corporations that survive will come in and buy whole plots of land for their workers and everyone. And then they'll build it up and it'll be a smart city. Reaction. I'm here in LA and the things they're doing, they're retroactively hypertaxing people. They, the fires are crazy. They're driving Uber and Lyft out while the restaurants are closed. Right. They, they're closing the gyms. I was like, that's why people are leaving LA. It's not so much the bars. And I had the same thought. I thought two things. They're taking these hyper dense cities and it's like a diaspora. If you get Right. millions of people from LA and New York to go to Atlanta and Austin, you can turn those places blue or whatever. And at the same time, build up the infrastructure, right. the green sustainable city stuff in the cities. And then, and then at the same time, it causes a real estate crash and you know how they love crashes and I don't know what's up. And I was like, just look and see who starts buying real estate. Exactly. See who starts a real estate fund. Right there. It's going to be Google and Amazon and and facebook and cisco don't forget like every time these smart cities are so dangerous because if you you're not going to have a choice your whole house is going to be set up it's going to be like a like it's not up to you anymore where what they can see anything they want to see in your whole world in your whole life at any time and you're just going to have to be okay with that if you want to live in new york city that's what makes this this run at totalitarianism different from previous ones. It's right. always technology and this time they have it and the more they can put it up into AI or automate right. it under the so guise that they human being beings. They right. can I'm sorry. It. But like it's under the guise like everything else of being good for us. And It'll at the same time the environment. It'll be your AI chick they're right. training all these the, every single nuance of what we're <sighs> doing is training AI. They didn't have this like hyper personal interaction. There's a there's a subdivision of Google called Jigsaw where one of the things they were working on was to detect sarcasm in the comments of posts. And, All right. and I, I was like, that's not because they, they want sure, people. Right. Yeah, they they want to understand how to sound real without having to put manpower on it, I think. And then if you read, this is the last thing I'll say, there's a Quartz article on the NSA being at the start of Google and that they wanted to actually learn how to create birds of a feather. So every single person thinks they're part of a group, but the group itself could be totally fabricated. But based on your search terms and everything, it's it's such an insight into your psyche. They get it real good. So it just seems like we've leveled up here and that this is a part of that. And then look into the fourth industrial revolution, which is the World Economic Forum, where they want to blur the lines between biology and technology. That's the guy who did Event 201. So right. it seems like they've got a plan. They call it the Great Reset. I'm sure you heard of it. You know, guys, just to jump in really quick to just show the level of censorship, uh, Twitter just uh, suspended the Babylon Bees account, uh, <laughs> the satire site, yeah. for posting manipulation yeah, of information. They are literally the political onion. Isn't that what jokes are? Manipulation of information? It is for manipulation of information. It They're is Babylon Bees. 
We have listen, we've lived in cartoon world a long time, but now we live in a cartoon of a cartoon where cartoon sites like Babylon B are now censored for not being the right kind of satire. That's where we're at. It's pretty not. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, John, you you want to go? John Paul, you want to go? Oh, hey, yeah. Um, really love the discussion. Love the people here. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm a film producer. Uh, was in Hollywood for 19 years. Did a feature film called A Child's Voice, which dealt specifically with human trafficking of children uh, before Epstein, Maxwell were known. Uh, we, we featured young kids um, in human trafficking and the satanic uh, ritual sacrifice and the drinking of the blood is in our film. And that said, we also put it against a very beautiful story about love and the road to redemption through love. Um, Sam invited me here tonight and um, I'm, I'm well aware of the censorship because I experienced it firsthand two weeks ago as the Maxwell story was about to break in between Wayfair and uh, Amazon for which we had our film on there for a year and a half. And we're doing very well with it. We have six movies on Amazon prime rental purchase. Uh, they, they unpublished us on the U S the UK and 70 other countries worldwide. Um, when you go there, you can't search for it anymore on the U S site. If you go to the direct link, it says that this content is unavailable in your area. Um, I wrote to Amazon. Of course, I got the standard con um, corporate response. I've dealt with them many times before. The reason why I wanted to speak today was because in, in listening to what everybody's saying, um, it's really about solutions. And so what happened was, and, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this is the formula, but I just want to explain what happened. Um, I decided through a confluence of events, I went on Instagram live and did um, what I thought was just going to be, you know, to my 700 followers on Instagram. And within a couple of days, it blew up to millions and uh, now has been seen by over 20 million people worldwide. And where I called out the Hollywood entertainment industry, the media industrial complex, the politicians, um, and the Me Too movement, all the hypocrisy, and talked about how we heal from this time and our own trauma. Why I wanted to speak was not because of that issue, but what I learned as a result of all of this and the thousands of, of not only from survivors who have reached out and beautiful messages, but the opportunities that have come as a result of that. And so one of the things that I think uh, is really important to understand is that this censorship is, is like what many of you have already talked about, Monica, Mel, and others, is that this is a bigger picture. These people who are in, in control are totalitarians. Um, they are literally, the transformation that they speak in the political sense actually has to do with a transformation of society as a whole. And that means erasing history, erasing truthful information permanently from their platforms and the transformation is psychological it's emotional it's spiritual it's it's technological it's it's across all dimensions of our existence really and i'm not trying to be um spiritual or kind of earthy about it i mean it in all facets in all phases because there's an ascension going on which is an ascension of consciousness and the only way that they can 
stop that is to, by force, transform it and brand it in the way that they want. For example, the Green New Deal, if anybody looks into all the patented technology that they want to unload, it folds into three separate companies. Um, that said, what I think can be done right now, uh, why like Jason made a very good comment, it's not like you, we don't have time to build a platform. Everybody's been talking about this for years now. There are solutions to that. There are new platforms. I would recommend Brighton by Mike Adams, who uh, is Natural News. Uh, he knows this quite well. I've been in contact with him. They do have the bandwidth to support uh, streaming. And um, I'm not saying what they will do for you, but I think that's somebody to reach out to. I think Clout Hub is another one that's emerging. And that's one that the CEO, Tracy Beans, and I talk. Um, she's an investigative reporter. She said Clout Hub is probably more in line with what you and I and everybody else want to start doing, which is full integration of the best social media uh, features, both between the creators and the fans. So it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. It allows you freedom and flexibility. There's also talk about creating uh, platforms where we have uh, modeling for all platforms. You can do one post and it publishes out to multiple accounts at the same time. Um, but in the meantime, what I wanted to say is uh, videos that you create that you want to go viral, burn in your website, burn in your social media, burn in the action items into the video because links um, in the video descriptions, if you get deplatformed, they're not going to see it. But that video, what I learned from why my video went to 20 million is because people were downloading the video off of Instagram. It wasn't the Instagram uh, video itself. They were downloading it, saving it, sharing it. You can go on YouTube now. You can find it everywhere. You can go on BitChute and you can find it everywhere. Um, it showed up in Mexico and in Spain where now has been viewed by half a million people on their YouTube channel. I mean, it just, it took a life of its own. And so I think providing a download link, even in the video description, if you've got it hosted somewhere where somebody can take that file, what you're looking at is you want replication and saturation. So instead of it all being exclusive to your site in this time, at least now, you want to be able to give people the opportunity who really connect with the message that you're giving and the information. They want to be able to seed it, put it on Facebook, such to the point that the big tech corporations can't, can't censor it fast enough. And the other thing I would say is that you want to, you want to torrent. You want to look into torrent seeding because I think that's another area where things can go viral and they look underground and we don't see the likes and we don't see the comments and we don't see the retweets and all that, but that's not really the point. If the point is, is that we're serving people and to get that information out, that truthful information out, we have to use the mechanisms that are available to us and be able to replicate and duplicate and have that information go out as quickly and as fast as possible so that there's no place. They're literally, what I'm saying is make them shut the whole damn thing down. Don't let them come and just take you off their platform and you have to go and find something. Create the content that you want and put, the, put all of your information at the bottom of that video or on the sidebar or whatever it is that you want them to do, where to find you, where to go, because that is the lasting impression. No matter where that video travels, no matter what platform it's put on, if it's uploaded to Facebook, if it's uploaded to Twitter or wherever, wherever it finds itself, they're going to be able to find you. And that's the main thing. So that's all I wanted to say, uh, at least based on what we've already talked about. 
I want to just back up what you're saying, Jason. That's always been my philosophy. You know, simply put, I remember seeing, and it's that famous quote, you know, of a CEO that trains CEOs. And, he, he, you know, he said, one of the greatest things I was ever taught is we can accomplish anything in this company as long as we don't care who gets the credit. And from the beginning, that was always my point with Vaxxed. You know, of course, the distribution company freaked out every time some YouTube channel in Brazil would, you know, have 180,000 views. They didn't pay for it. I never cared. I never made the movie to make money. I didn't make money on it. And, and it's what I argue with a lot of people. We get so caught up in branding and driving everything back to our site. So to everybody here, I'd say the same thing. Burn my videos. Do whatever you want. I don't care. I don't, put your own brand on it. I don't care. It's the information that can't be stopped. And that's what I mean. You know, there's too many of us now. We are only going to screw ourselves if we get limited by trying to control what we're doing. What we have to recognize is that we together are out of control and that's how we win this. Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why we tell everybody who participates, if they want, share the show anywhere you want. Just spread the conversation. All, yeah. it's, these shows are all open source. Spread them anywhere. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. The point is to get these conversations out there as quickly as possible. Spread the demon sperm, right, guys? Yeah. I, was laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say something real quick. Uh, you know, we in the truth community, we in the research community, we tend to get really, um, we tend to get a little sad because what we're looking at looks like, what uh, you know, uh, we, we're not going to be able to stop doom from coming. And I completely disagree with that. Uh, I think if you see what's going on with Hollywood, what Dell's talking about, what John Paul Rice is talking about is just uh, the utter collapse of the old school way of, uh, of working. Uh, you know, the silent majority to me is very real. And now they're starting to uh, show th their beliefs through their buying power, their purchase power. And you're seeing like the, just the crash of uh, Hollywood movies, television's dead. Uh, we're seeing sports, uh, which I, I've been following sports since I was, uh, you know, nine years old. I mean, as a kid, early eighties, I was really in the basketball and now the, their, their, their ratings are bottoming out because they broke the golden rule, which is, you know, don't get political. And that comes from this very strong group of people. And you can call it whatever you want. I don't care, man. People call it Q. People call it whatever. We get really lost in these terms that help us all fight with each other. Uh, this is Mossad. This is that. This is blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter to me because you know what? What it starts at is one thing. Where it goes is another thing. And that to me is the internet. The internet got away from them, man. And they're struggling to control it. And what Dell said earlier is when they, the more they control it, the more they kill it. And I just think the future is bright, man. And we can get very doom and gloom on here. Yes, there are things that are going to happen where they think they're going to use their old way of doing it. They're going to control us. They're going to make New York City and a green city. Guess what? Or a smart city. Guess what? A lot of smart people aren't going to move back to New York City. So they can, they can, they can control the herd of stupid if they want. That's their own thing. But I believe that what we're doing here, this group right here, this movement that's out there, if we stop demonizing each other and only focus on what this guy's negative about and not what that guy's negative about and really focus on, man, 
you know, that we are making a difference. I don't care what anybody says, where we were four years ago and where we are today. It's because of people on the show. Uh, the internet is just waking up and they can't control it anymore. So it's either going to be destroyed the whole thing. And guess what? The most powerful people make a lot of money off the internet. Amazon uh, selling our data. It would blow up in their face if they did that. So they're scrambling to figure out how to control it. But guess what, man? I think people are going to stop putting their attention, stop paying your attention to it. They're pulling out and we're connecting with each other more than ever. And I just want to put the positivity out there. Trump isn't going to save us. Q isn't going to save us. Nobody's going to save us. We're going to save ourselves by doing th this, by putting out our, our content. That makes a change in the world. The doom and gloom isn't going to do anything. You could do all the research you can into all the deep state and how this guy's compromised and that guy's compromised. It doesn't mean anything. What's the solution? Right. I know that everybody in Washington, D.C. is garbage. I get that, man. What's the solution? How do we do that? And the solution is this, this show, what everybody on the show is doing, us connecting, your crowd, my crowd, we all meet together, man, and we form this bond. And whatever Q started as, I think it's going to become decentralized. And I know Q is, oh, it's Mossad, oh, it's Deep State, oh, it's super Christian. I have no problem with Christianity. But the point is, it, whatever it was, it's going to get away from that. And it's going to get to a movement, a decentralized movement of everybody just doing what we're doing here, research and spreading the research, and people are going to start pulling their attention, stop paying their attention to things that they know are wrong, and we're going to move forward. And that's my whole thing. The future, in my honest belief, is very bright. And this yeah. is like Dell was saying earlier, that this is the last of them trying to hold the control that they no longer have anymore. We have 70 and 80-year-olds trying to figure out how the internet works, and we have dumb 20-year-olds thinking they could tell us what we, they can do because they haven't lived any life. And I'm telling you, this stuff right here, all the people on here of so many different backgrounds and beliefs coming together, talking about focusing what we agree on. You know, I'm in recovery, dude. What we hear about in recovery is don't, don't focus on what you, the difference. Pay attention to what the similarities are. And that's what we're doing here. We have to pay attention to the similarities and stop worrying about the differences because that stuff will all fade away. The yeah. old school way of doing it, in my honest opinion, is dying. You see Bill Gates when he talks, he is sweating in that sweater, brother, because he knows that he can't control the information anymore. And yeah. guess what, dude? If That's you got to get off your phone, get off your phone. Figure it out. But the future is bright. This show lets me think that. The hydroxychloroquine debate was so fascinating to me because everybody kept missing the point. Everybody was making it a political issue where it was either like if you're for it, it's because you're a Trump supporter. If you're against it, because you're not. It's like, no, no, this was a big pharma issue. I mean, the reason why they didn't want you to consider it a treatment is because they couldn't fast track a vaccine if there was a alternative treatment, right? Dell, you can. And, and speaking of vaccines, those kids you just saw on screen, that's what two completely unvaccinated kids look like healthy, smiling, happy. There's a lot of parents out there who let their pediatrician scare the shit out of them and say, Hey, if you don't do it, you know, they're, they're at risk and all this stuff. And even my wife with all the information and stuff, every time we go to a pediatrician, the pressure will get to her a little bit. She's like, what do you think? Are you sure? You know? And I, and, and I know there's a lot of parents out there who need to see other parents who've done it, who, who've been able to raise their kids healthy, no vaccines, and nothing's going to happen to them. You know, the, it, 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 keep your immune system strong, 
you know, keep, and by the way, I'm not a doctor and nobody sue me, please. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, keep your immune system strong, all that stuff. Do your own research. I think that's the biggest argument. It's like, if you want to vaccinate your kid, completely fine. That's okay. If you look at all the risks, you look at all the information, you still come to that conclusion, that's fine. But the biggest problem is people can't make a, a informed decision if they don't have access to the information. And we're seeing a huge issue with that over and over again. This vaccine issue is is has been almost... I, I've see, I saw Dell at the, the Red Pill Expo in Hartford. I mean, we, he said it then, and, and I agree with him. It's one of the most important issues, if not the most important issue, because it's our health. You know, you can't fight the bankers. You can't fight the military industrial complex. If we're all unhealthy, sick, no energy, if our kids are being poisoned and uncognitively aren't there. So it really is one of the, the biggest issues. I mean, libertarians should be all over this because they're all about, you know, freedom of our bodies and, and all this stuff. I mean, they're, they, people, so many people should be upset about this. So I, I probably should be making a, a point and asking a question, but I just, uh, I get passionate when it comes down to the, let me, let me, I want to jump in here real quick and then I'll jump back off. I just wanted to point this out that my 16-year-old daughter was on a uh, FaceTime call with her friend who was calling from a doctor's office. This girl is also 16 years old, saying that she did not want the vaccines that her parents were trying to make her get. Now, this went on for 30 minutes of her arguing with the doctors and asking my daughter what to say, how to get out of this. And um, it went it went back and forth. I was driving, by the way. I was driving back from Florida from taking my oldest daughter to college. And I heard the doctor with my own ears say that you will not be able to do sports and will not be able to attend school unless you get this vaccine. And that's not the case here in the state of Iowa. He flat out lied to her. And, uh, and I tell you what, this, this is some diabolic stuff. When, when you witness it firsthand, you realize how bad it is. And now I'm not going to say that doctor's name right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring him out in public and I'm going to smoke him publicly here. Uh, in the very near future for it. I think you yeah. see, I think the UC, uh, the usual suspects, the University of California is trying to push that you have to take a vaccine in order to live on campus. So, uh, you know, of course, California, you know, and again, I, I think everyone has to also realize that China is playing a big part in all of this, including the vaccine and everything else. And uh, they, they are manipulating the information and everything. I, I truly believe that really diabolical people from our own country are working with the Chinese. Well, so, do you know anything about the Russian vaccine that everybody's talking about? By the way, Sam, you had a one up me, huh? I bring cute toddlers. The only thing cuter than a toddler is a cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to say, by the way, how inspiring it is to sit here and start to hear how many voices out there are looking at this vaccine issue. It felt like when I started it, you know, we were just like this, the crazy, you know, people with their hair on fire and, and to see how it's growing and people really starting to investigate it. It's so inspiring. Um, I think that Russia, we're looking into that right now. I mean, I have two theories on that. I mean, I was joking with my friends. I was like, they're going to like fake the, the Mars landing there with like Sputnik, the vaccine. And they're like, do you know that they're calling it Sputnik 5? I was like, get out. Like, I, I mean, I was joking about it. You know, and then it's that that sort of, you know, is is where they're going with it. I I would guess, you know, judging Putin, he is he just as well maybe pushing a saline injection right now, forcing us to rush our vaccine in order to win this race so that I mean, it'll do with a nuclear bomb. He, he's like, hey, man, we can get rid of America. Just make him rush in a vaccine that kills them all. You know, job done. Moving on. 
I mean, this thing's getting so stupid. Uh, but what's incredible really is, and, and I was just talking about today, and we're looking at more and more of the science and the politics around this COVID-19 vaccine. I think Donald Trump may have pulled the greatest move of reverse psychology in world history by, you know, ranting warp speed. I'm going to use the military to deliver it. And guess who he said gets it first? The doctors. You know, I thought, wow. I mean, he's, he's hoping they're going to attack it like hydroxychloroquine. And they didn't at first. But, you know, there's a congressional hearing now into warp speed and who's running it. I mean, he has absolutely got the very party and all the doctors and scientists that I have been speaking out against. Uh, Peter Hotez, Paul Offit, 400 of them just signed a letter demanding that Trump slow down and wait for safety to be established. I mean, it's, health organization. Uh, it's incredible. Like they're actually acting like they care about somebody's health. And it's only because it's finally their own, right? Now they're the ones that are going to finally have to get it first, not our kids. And watch how they're starting to speak out against this thing. Um, you know, all of it is, and I just want to sort of second something out there, is that, you know, in Vaxxed, I absolutely used what I learned in media, which is to use fear. I just thought this film, I can scare the shit out of so many people with this whistleblower and this story. But... I want to say that I don't, I don't think that that is the greatest tool there is. Um, I think Vax did its job, but I think it's, it's gone as far as it can go. And this discussion about having positive energy, it's true. We've got to wake people up. There's no doubt that the sickest, darkest takeover of the world, perhaps of all times, is being attempted here. I don't want to say Absolutely. You know, we've got to make people aware of that. But why they're censoring us is because they're a bunch of fucking lizards. Sorry, watch for my language, I'm not sure who's watching this, but <laughs> lizards are attempting to message an idea that we were all supposed to enroll in. You had Bill Gates put himself on every you know television station over the course of two weeks, bought his way into the, the, the television world in everyone's house, and they hated him. I mean, these are things, this wasn't part of the plan. You gotta see their plan is falling apart. I'm gonna present myself now as the great you know, uh, you know, nonprofit king that's saving the world. And every program he went on, people just destroyed him. Ellen Generous had to take down his video. He got so much hate. That means people are waking up. But in order, and, and when we talk about where we got to go, we've got to get people ready to march. They've got to be ready to march into war. There is a war going on here that is going to determine our lives, our children's lives, and the future of this country and our planet. And you, in the world we live in today, especially in America, uh, fear is immobilizing for most of these people. They are so terrified of their own shadow that when we deliver this information, we've really got to work to inspire and show them how many people are standing with them. We've got to really make it sexy now. The cool kids on the block, the change, you know, is upon us. It's that positive idea that I want to be a part of something, not, you know, against something. And I'm, I'm talking to my friends. I have a couple of friends that are really deep in the Democratic Party that are giving me, you know, they know they're running a cadaver and someone that most people can't stand. They're planning on Donald Trump beating himself. And they, he said, we just really think we can run negative ads and, and the, the anti-Trump vote will be huge. And I said, well, then they will defy history because most people can't vote against something. We have to believe in something. 
Um, and I think that that just shows more of how, how disconnected they are with the population. We do have to get the truth out, but I think our work is to inspire and empower. That is the only way we create the army that changes this. It, you know, we can touch on fear and what you should be worried about, but we cannot demoralize right now. Uh, we've really got to get people to feel like they can step up. And I just, I don't know if you've all been watching it, but the moment you know, over the last seven days since Trump put Scott Atlas into this discussion, which is a doctor that has had this right from the beginning, I've been reporting on him. He's one of the great scientists, by the way, the majority of science around the world agrees with uh, us and are against the lockdowns and the, and the draconian measures and even the future vaccine. They've divided their own consensus. But the moment Atlas is in place, so many tweets now from doctors, nurses, all on the front line saying, we're being forced to lie in here. We are not seeing the numbers. This is a lie. This is a pandemic. So, you know, Trump can't change the world. But that slight adjustment showing doctors and scientists around the world that one of them is now inside of the White House is making a huge difference. And we should be celebrating Atlas and every single scientist and doctor that steps forward, risking it now, putting it on the line to tell the truth. Uh, that's our job. We've got to inspire them and other scientists to feel bold and powerful uh, that they want to do the same thing. So it's about inspiring now. Uh, because it, look, it is scary. The, there's two ways this comes out. There's going to be no middle ground. This is a this is a fight to the death. This is going to be a bloodbath. Either we win or they win. And so we really cannot be afraid to march in, and neither can anyone flanking us. Anybody else who, who I'm going to say questions? something. I think I think um, a big problem. First of all, I called Sam like three weeks ago, and I was like, "What is going on? This is horrible." And he turned around and he said, "We got to look at it as a spiritual awakening." So he's totally been, that's a hundred percent true. And I, I had to, and John Paul's movie, you know, I, I just think people and what I'm saying about China and the smart cities and destroying New York on purpose to get us all out of here, to rebuild it the way they want to as a tech, techno fascist empire is uh, most people don't want to believe that people would be that evil. And my mother saw my show about the smart cities and what I think is going on in New York with Gates and uh, Schmidt and Cuomo and the CFR and UN Agenda 2030. She said, I don't think people would want to do that. That just sounds so evil. And my mom's 80 and, you know, been through the Holocaust, been through everything else. In Vietnam, you know, yes, they do. There are people that don't care about us because the biggest red flag I thought to everyone should have been when they were shutting up valuable doctors who have credentials who are who are Fauci hasn't treated a patient in decades you know we're talking they were they were they were yelling at the doctors that are the doctors that we he's known as the hitler of aids just to let you know what he's known as and that's sam speaking nobody else um because of the decisions he made with hiv uh medication uh right, he cost exactly. a lot of people their lives and people, people should never forget that yeah, and the, the crazy part is it's all the same. Like I always say, I always drone on about, it's all the same people. There's about 50 people involved in every one of these foundations, every one of these think tanks, every one of these so-called children's organizations or, or you know, the AIDS thing or the one thing. If you, if you whittle it down, it's about the same 300 friends, all connected. Also, they're all invited into these groups. So they're invited into the CFR. They're invited into the NIH like uh, charity. They're invited into the UN Foundation. They're invited into the Clinton Foundation. And this is what 
their goal is. Their goal isn't to make our lives better. Like when they, when they, it's really creepy when you hear the Google people, the, the sidewalk division talk about their vision that ended, thank God, for Toronto's waterfront. But it was really a high tech concentration camp where you have zero freedom, but yet they're telling you it's for your best. Like I remember I was reading something and Eric Schmidt actually said the biggest problem with achieving this optimal um, environment for climate and sustainability and everything are the humans. And, and they mean that. So it's very hard to not look at how many like-minded people are in the most powerful groups and we didn't elect any of them. And to me, that's the biggest, um, that's the hardest part is we didn't elect these people because Cuomo, not Cuomo, um, they, Soros and Bloomberg bragged about going into the cities, going into the towns, going into the councils. They went small town. They went local. They got in people in the smaller places while we were all worrying about Trump versus X or, you know, and, and now it's at a point where the people that are running this country were not elected. They're just, they're the richest people in this country and they work for the Gates Foundation and the NIH and the WHO and, and the Learning Council and they don't care about, I'm sorry, I, I hate it because people say, how can they not, I mean, people aren't the evil, you know, well, maybe they don't think they are, but the outcomes are pretty, pretty scary. Like the AIDS happened then and now look at where we are now. And the biggest problem after this epidemic, in my mind, which nobody cares about, it seems, is relapse, overdose, and suicide. Because I, I am positive when everyone, when the lights come up in, in New York City the day after the election, God willing, and we get to see what really happened here in a few months, the death toll in Manhattan, or New York City, is going to be highest for, either, for both elderly and mentally ill people who couldn't handle it. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's very scary. So that's why. I yeah, just, Monica, before we lost Tim, I think Tim had his hand up after, uh -huh. after Monica. No, no, I'm saying after okay. you. Okay. I just wanted to uh, tell Dell that I was on terrestrial radio for like eight and a half years. And at a certain point, your vax came out, it was screened in Atlanta and I had some callers. I wasn't really interested. You know, I didn't know anything about the topic, but I had covered anything from, Crack the code on the Boston Marathon bombing, MH370, called Edward Snowden a setup from the beginning. So they were telling people to, hey, do you mind if I tell people to go see Vax? I was like, no problem. And we had this whole conversation. It was a call-in show. And after that, my program director, he didn't care, but he said, you know, you talk about the craziest shit. And the only time I have ever gotten like a mass response to get you off the air was this weekend, like, what were you talking about? And I said, I just said, I can't believe I let my kids get the chicken pox vaccine. Like it doesn't even give them lifelong immunity. And, and it was in Atlanta, which is where the CDC is. And then fast forward to just this year. So eight and a half years saying whatever I want. And when I started talking about event 201 and this thing in February, without any explanation, they just said, oh, we're taking your show off the air. And that was that. And it was the day that program director who defended me was his last day and it was my last day. But I, I remember the only time in all that time that there was a mass response to get me off the air from the public was an email campaign against me when I recommended Vaxxed. Well, I mean, and I think that's the, the when we're choosing the topics we're really drilling down on, 
I think you find the sensitivity. It's clear where it's at. We, we, I think we're right on their Achilles heel. We're, you know, this vaccine issue, um, I predicted, as many of you know, I've been saying pharma is going to attempt to take over the governments of the world. Uh, Mel, you're exactly right. We just watched every president, dictator, prime minister in the world step aside and let the head of their health department take over all the decisions for humanity. And then when after they've destroyed the economy, they like Fauci say, well, hey, I was never responsible for your economy. I never did the math on that. I was just talking about the virus. And so it's a, an insane moment we find ourselves in here. And, and, and Mel, I, I lived in New York City. It's where I met my wife. I spent many years there. Um, and so I know it's difficult what I'm saying to be positive to you are surrounded by insanity at a level. And so this guy ran from California. I was in the middle of it and I kept doing my show in California for six months while I was trying to get my staff were all moving out. So I was living in Texas and flying into, into California. And when you go in and out, you can really feel the difference when you're in it, you're just in it. It just feels like the world is there, right. you know, uh, and I feel going. like I can't leave. I feel like I can't right. leave. And, and the worst part is, is, you know, I find myself when I see a cop, which I live in Midtown Manhattan, it is very rare in the last three weeks to see a cop. Yeah. When I do, when I do, they look so dejected. I always like wave and say, I'm sorry, you know, I'm so sorry. But what's also happened is that the homeless people and the, um, you know, the, all the people you let out of Rikers and are now living in the W Hotel for $200 a night. They're empowered, you know, and and they're saying like you can eat outside. Yeah, who wants to eat outside when somebody's running up and like throwing stuff at you and taking things off your plate? Somebody grabbed my friend's glasses off, threw them on the ground. A good friend of mine on the Upper West Side got punched in the face by some guy, knocked out, woke up in the hospital. You know, I mean, this is really what's going on in New York City. I know what they're doing. It, it's the same thing with why there were. Um, why there were pallets of bricks on the corner of Spring and, and Lafayette and in the, on the nicest corner in Tribeca and the nicest corner in Fifth Avenue and, and 59th Street. The reason is they're trying to make everyone that can actually afford to live here leave. And from there, they're going to funnel it in. But it is the most, if I, listen, I, I wanted to, I went to, I moved to New York when I was 18. It was like the, my dream. I went to school here. I, I lived in LA for 15 years. I couldn't wait to come back. And I finally came back and I'm watching it. it. It is literally 1975 New York here. And the saddest part is then there were a lot of dirty cops. Now there's a lot of literally depressed cops. The cops are, they want to do something and they can't. And they look at you and they say they're so sorry that they have to call the precinct. If my friend's restaurant gets harassed, the cops can't go up to the guy. They have to first call the precinct and get approval. You know, I mean, it's just, it's so sad. and. You know, well, for sure, for sure. Hope, you know, listen, let's uh, let's get a couple people who I, there's a bunch of people on here we haven't heard from. Uh, does uh, Jeffrey Wilson want to talk? Gordo, you want to talk? Grimerica, anybody want to talk? We're into an hour, so I just want to make sure we get a couple people in who can jump in and, and, and powwow. We'll go to Tim and then we'll go to Jeffrey because he had his arms crossed and it was making me nervous. He looked like... Yes, <laughs> and we have to get uh, our only black member on for just for, <laughs> like, you know, to keep uh, me the, checking out his girl at, at the club. Token. Ready to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, first off, I want to thank you guys for letting me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I think, like, 
it's like a the fifth round of an MMA fight, right? Who's going to win? The person who's got the best techniques and all that or the person who's got the endurance. So the first thing is everybody on this phone call today, I think it's so important that we have kick-ass health. So we have really good health. We have really good mental, mental acuity, so we're sharp. The other thing that um, I think is really important is that what I see here, because like locally here, you know, I got my, uh, you know, I, I got, a, I got a, uh, got my nine millimeter Glock. I'm applying for my, you know, my local, uh, get my concealed carry permit. And I'm looking for groups of local military and people I can hook up with and the radios to get ready and stuff. And this is the kind of a group here. Like, you know, when you look at the mainstream media, they take the Associated Press and they disseminate out and then they, it's just like they're echo chambers and they're programming people. You know, that's what they call it. Television program. They want to program us. So, why couldn't we do something like that where we're all, we have a message and then we all get together and then we all echo that. It becomes an echo chamber of truth and we could share guests. I mean, I just had Dr. Uh, and Senator of Minnesota, Scott Jensen on. He's a freaking great guest to have on. I can smell people a mile away now and this guy is straight as an arrow. He should be on everybody's podcast. I just also had on um, Aaron Olcheski who was inside. Most of you probably know her uh, ER nurse that was a former E5 sergeant in the U.S. Army. She seems like a really good straight shooter, nice gal, risking her career to speak out against, you know, untruth. So anyway, if there's some tech person on here, Mike, or somebody that could help us, like, get this information, we could start a page and we could start, like, sharing lists of guests and stuff like that. I think it would be very powerful. And if we had messages, we could echo and grow and grow this group to even more people because I know there's a lot more than us out there. And but people, people don't realize, you know, how small the amount of bad people are out there. I was just going to say, we do have a Telegram thing. I'll uh, send you guys the link. It's a group chat. So, uh, you know, we try to keep it to like one dick pic a day. Yeah. So once you see one in. <laughs> <laughs> but I got Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, is that it, Tim? Do you? Uh, do you yeah. yeah, I'm good. Unless you want to talk about wheatgrass or something. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jeff, you want to you chime in? Dude, hey, hey, uh, cruising with steak, Will, for sure. <laughs> Get it, James. <laughs> Fuck. Go ahead, James. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, dude, all this, all this shit. Okay, so four years ago, I, I got into podcasting uh, by listening to these fucking dudes right here, Darren and Graham from the America show. Myself and Grimsteak started all this shit like three years ago with these fucks right there. Yeah, that, that's what I got to talk about. Um, but nah, man, uh, all this freedom of speech, I love it. That's the beauty of podcasts. Fuck the video. I don't care. I don't know. But like, that's the beauty of podcasting, dude. It's like an audio adventure. Uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, I found it four years ago and I never went back ever since. Uh, and then also through this thing, like we're advancing into like this, uh, the, uh, even Sam brought it up earlier, like the sports mentality. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the, this thing crammed into my head, like there's no I in team. Right. So just that you were just saying, let's all group up. Let's like put all our shit out there. But how do you do that? Right. That's the mystery of all of it. So it, it, like that's the tough thing that like everyone does a video thing. Everyone does an audio thing. Everyone, like, how do you set all that into play? And I think just by mentioning, uh, like, like we've done every day, like every time we've done a show for three years, we've mentioned Grimerica, we've mentioned, I, I met Mike 
that's how I, Mike and Grimerica got together is through us. Like, sorry about that, shit, dude. Like, yeah, I know. Sorry, dude. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. Like, I love all this, man. And like, and then meeting all you guys is is in being on this panel and and reaching out to everybody. Like, Dell, dude. Like, you're honestly the only thing I've ever seen in my fucking city. On back of vans and shit, vaxxed, fucking check it out. Like, dude, I've seen that in Cleveland, Ohio, fucking like five times on the back of people's cars and shit. I oh, shit yeah. you not, dude. Like, so like that shit ain't no joke. And what the crazy thing is that my kids are vaccinated, which is crazy. Like, but if you do it the right way, there it there's benefit. Just slow down. <laughs> Do your research and think about it, man. And like with all this stuff, find the shows you listen to that jive with you and, you know, that vibe with you, man. And that's what it is. And we, we call us a small echo chamber, blah, 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 blah. Fuck it. Like, that's what we are. <laughs> like, let's get it bigger. All right, right Graham, say you. No, man, you just covered it, James. You got it, man. You remember when uh, Dell apologized for saying the F word? That was a funny moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Dude, that's a top. You do you, spun. dude. I love it. <laughs> you just smoked. got spun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Jeffrey, wasn't Jeffrey supposed to talk? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jeff. Yes, yeah. Sorry about the more angry the more we make him wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you Anger is not. No, no anger whatsoever, man. It's always good to sit on the learning and hang out with you guys. Sam, love you, brother, man. I just, I'll talk to you off air, man. You sound so great. I love the way, I love how your mind is shifting constant. You're, you're cultivating spirituality. You publicly, privately, I love you. You're just Mike um, messed up a little bit. Are we? Ha are you guys also having a hard time hearing him? Can we chip yeah, in he's, for he's some new rough. internet? For I'm going to send him better internet. Yeah. Yeah, can we start a GoFundMe account for? Uh... <laughs> I just want to pipe in quickly here. The only thing I want to say, uh, thanks, uh, James, and all that, is the podcasting's not going to be free speech much longer either. Darren tried to publish an episode yesterday called "Covid Cures" and it wouldn't let him do it. Whoa! So this is through oh, iTunes. Oh, no, the RSS feed would have been fine. It's yeah, yeah, no, iTunes. I know, but I, I'm just saying, iTunes now is starting to watch those I titles. I mean, I know Carl would brought it up years ago, but that's still an issue. Well, because Grim America, you guys had an issue with iTunes when Dell was on your show. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I had yeah, we were sort of shadow banned after Dell. Yeah, same thing with my show. I was or we might just have not a good podcast. Uh. <laughs> if you want to get uh, leave, leave that to a us. great guest to have on, like a you know 50, 50 shot of getting you know yourself caught off of one platform or another. Yeah, send it. Send or, it. Or if you have a book. If you want to have a book, <laughs> take sure. it off of Amazon. Just you know, talk to me about your book, and we'll make sure it gets kicked off of Amazon. Really good at. Hey, Jeff, you want to give it another try? I know you waited an hour just to, to, to be cut off. I'm good, dude. It's going to fuck up. <laughs> I know a couple other people haven't... Uh... Gordo hasn't talked, but he's usually doing like 15-hour show, so he's yeah. patient. <laughs> Gordo, you want to go? Yeah, man, why not? Everybody can hear me. It's not shitty like Jeff's. No, you you sound great. All right, cool. Have you tried turning it on and off again, Jeff? Give <laughs> it a shot, man. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff that people have been saying on this. I missed the first few minutes because uh, I'm in Ireland and it's the middle of the fucking night here. I feel like the guy that was left alone at the North Pole station and you guys are all in the one country. I'm like, hello. <laughs> um, 
some people were making some good points about putting together, like uh, Tim said, about putting together a list of guests and stuff like that. It'd be really handy to get some, I don't know, is a Google Doc secure enough to keep all these contact details in? But something that can be shared and accessed um, amongst us all, you know, like names under certain topics, under certain, um, uh, you know, <clears throat> headings where people can see like, okay, I'm going to, I want to do a show on vaccination or I want to do a show on flat earth or I want to do a show on this and have the authors and the, the, the people that are experts on those topics and their contact details so that we can just kind of dip in rather than going like, how do I contact these people? Um, I know a lot of guys have uh, had a lot of these people on their shows. It could be something that we could put together a list, something like that, or a uh, hit like list. A maybe? List. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we get get them all in an email chain and send them a virus. But uh, no, it's just like something something that everybody can dip into and find out if they want to get somebody on. Like I have a shitload of people um, that I've reached out to and they've given me contact details, but there's other people that you think are untouchable. And then the next thing, they're showing up on a bunch of people's podcasts and you're like, oh man, it's like, uh, you know, some, some Jimmy Hoffa shows up on somebody's podcast. Like, how do you get in touch with this guy? Um, there's also the fact of the, the, the centralized... Um, centralized access. I had an idea that maybe we could do something like some kind of a link tree or a tone den does these links where you click it and it has like a shitload that you can have like 20 different or 30 even different links where you have like uh, links to videos, links to uh, different people's websites or links to like auto subscribe to RSS feeds or to get into discord servers and shit like that. So like all of us together submit our main port of call so like if i was to send someone to my show it'd be those conspiracy guys.com and that has your access to everything it has the links to the podcast has the links to the videos it has the links to the live chats and patreon and all that shit and if all of us had like a master link like link tree slash uh i don't know everyone or something like that and all of us put it on all of our podcasts in the descriptions of all of our podcasts with a little thing saying, if you want to hear more shows like this, click here and check out these shows. So on my show, I'd have a thing where it has Sam's show and Gramerica and it has Conspiracy Farm and it has like all the way down with a little description maybe after each one or a little something kind of, if you want to hear uh, great interviews, go, go check out Greg Carwood. If you want to hear some guys shooting the shit, like go and listen to those conspiracy guys, like this kind of stuff, different styles of show. I know. I'm doing interviews and I'm doing uh, swap casts and stuff. And my, my Reddit people have put up a poll today saying, uh, do you like this bullshit Gordo's going on with? We want more nine hour shows. Give me one of those a week. I was like, do you know how long it takes to make one of those motherfuckers? Like relax. You get one every three or four weeks. Go fucking go talk to Dan, Dan Carlin about how, how often he puts up shit. Like, um, so it's just, uh, those kind of two little tips. And for me, I find, uh, no more than like Denzel Washington said in that kind of famous red carpet speech. He's like, uh, it's not, it's not enough to be right. Everybody has to be first. So when you're talking about everyone saying like, let's get this information out there. Let's, let's put it together. Let's make sure everybody knows this shit, man. We've got to get the good news out to the people. It sounds a little bit evangelical. And I don't know if some of us as podcasters and maybe not scientists or maybe, you know, we're, we're absorbing and synthesizing this information that we believe may be true. It's coming from sources that have had true stuff in the past. 
But if we're putting out this as absolute truth, that we really fucking need to make sure that it's actually true. And if if all of us say it and we all agree, the more people say it, the more it seemingly becomes true. But we're kind of informing each other and we're also getting it from the same sort of sources. So how easy would it be to disseminate false information like some kind of backwards propaganda where they're like, oh, the conspiracy dickheads will eat this shit up. Let's just tell them this. And then they'll all say it's true. And then we'll prove that it's false and make them all look like dopes. Yeah, but I think that, you know, so these phones. Yeah, sorry. Is that no, no, uh, you uh, you can continue. I just wanted to add something. I think that uh, well, first I wanted to add, Jeff, I don't know why you're muting your mic. We can't hear you anyways. But uh, <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say, the nice thing about these conversations is that we don't all, all agree. I mean, we've seen it. Every no, I know. And, and so it's like we're not. I think the thing that we're preaching isn't so much that we have truth of the capital T is, mm. is the fact that w- what we're preaching is that they're saying they have truth of capital T. They're censoring all other perspectives. And what we're saying is you should have the right to see all perspectives, regardless how ridiculous it might be, how, you know, it, to, to me, it's, it's not about like. I want people to agree with me or uh, I have the truth. It's more like, hey, listen to my podcast and listen to this guy's podcast and listen to, listen to everybody's podcast and have access to all that information and come to your own conclusion. If you want to uh, uh, you know, uh, do va- vaccines and you want to uh, space them out, that's great. I don't have a problem against that. I mean, I think parents, uh, they look at all the information and they try to and examine that and come to the best conclusion based on that information. But when you're suppressing information, when you're controlling the information, you're not letting them get all the information to, to have an informed opinion on the topic, that's when I have an issue with it. Well, 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 maybe what I'm saying is to be clear, it's like there's, it's become very binary online. So if the thing that everybody is censoring is, is being censored, the logical conclusion to the conspiracy theorist will be that that's the thing that must be true. Exactly. Where that may not be the case. Mm-hmm. Let me just you know? hold on for a second. Oh. I think I think you look at, there's some people who say that the, the virus doesn't exist at all. There's some people who say, I mean, look at 9-11, right? That was a big red pill for a lot of people. There's a lot yeah. of people who disagree on, on, you know, on what happened and who was uh, most to blame and all that stuff. But the point is, like, we can't lose the focus. Like, it's about, like... It's not about those little details. It's about getting all that information out there. Let people come up with their own conclusion. And we shouldn't turn on each other if we slightly, you know, if we slightly disagree on something. Because at the end of the day, we all have the same enemies. You know, we all have, we're all fighting for the same reason. It doesn't matter if we disagree on this or disagree on that or whatnot. I mean, it's like when Trump was running and, and, and Bernie was running and, and you realize that even though they're drastically different than the fans, they had one thing in common. They both wanted something drastically different. They both, you know, and and I think a lot of people saw that. It's like it wasn't about ideologies. It wasn't. It was the fact that like people just wanted something different. It didn't matter what it was. And uh, so I, I think you know the the alternative com- media community. I think we do turn on each other a lot. Like if you if you think that if you don't think that lasers took down Building Seven, then you know I'm shitting on you. And it's like that's not that's not right either because we're not the enemy. Like somebody might honestly just have a different opinion. But if their heart's in the right place, if they're truly just trying to find truth and 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 share some interesting perspectives, then we're all on the same team. No, yeah, I, I think we're kind of arguing on the same side of it. I'm not saying like, sorry, you know, <laughs> you know, fucking poo poo pants. I, I yeah, lasers. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying like, you know, uh, we all have to agree. But what I'm saying is that if we're going against whatever mainstream may be, uh 
we're giving people that same choice that they have with mainstream media with the amount of information. Like, when there's a financial gain to be made, it's the same as, you know, somebody trying to be first in the scene, like some Night Stalker, Jake Gyllenhaal shit, you know? Eventually, sometimes, maybe, you're kind of like kicking the body over to get a better angle to view it after a car crash. You know what I'm saying? You're doing a Jake Gyllenhaal on it, and you're kind of like, well, what happens if I caused a car crash? I'd be able to be the first on the scene every time. And it becomes this kind of like financially incentivized thing. Uh, it's also the risk to be first. So anytime any kind of mass shooting happens, there's always somebody who's like, bang, I got the truth. Here's the secret footage. And it may not be us. I'm talking about it's people on Reddit. It's people on you know, uh, the chans. It's people who are putting up YouTube videos with robot voices. There's a generalized anti-mainstream media community. We are kind of like maybe the facial representatives of that. We're the ones who take a little bit of time and sit back and look at something and maybe get all our sources together. But there's something definitely that has to be um, more legitimized about the information that we have. And because it's being censored, a lot of people are picking and choosing their own truth because there's a, because there's an element of um, individualization of your media stream. People will go in and go, well, I like that bit about vaccination, but I don't like this bit. Or I like this bit about, uh, you know, the fact that 9-11 was this, but that's too much for me. And they end up being given such a choice that they lock themselves into certain aspects of the conspiracy and they don't believe other sides, which is creating this kind of opposition. That's why we're all arguing about certain topics. There's, a certain, there's like um, oppositional. We need to agree on a universal truths. Like this thing all together, all of us say, yeah, definitely true. Putting it together on one platform is going to be difficult. Putting it together on a platform where everyone has a choice, a poo-poo platter of biases that they can choose to accept or ignore. Like that's almost not dangerous, but it's almost like um, irresponsible. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, let's get to, I just want to jump in here because especially when we're talking about where we're at right now, lockdowns, vaccinations, operation warp speed, which we talked about, let's go with some things that absolutely 100% we should all be able to agree on. Number one, the guy promoting them, Bill Gates is saying lockdown till 2022. All right. That's out of his own mouth. Number two, Operation Warp Speed's 150 different vaccinations that are going in. Normally, only 6% ever make it to market. Average speed is, what, seven years? The best we've ever done is two. And if you talk to the normal person, they think they're develop a, developing a vaccine to prevent COVID-19. None of these vaccines are there to prevent COVID-19. He said it himself. These are all, at best, going to produce antibodies for several weeks to several months. They hope that it lowers the mortality rate and they hope that maybe it prevents some of this. If you look at their own flu numbers from this year, influenza A and B, you have less than a 50% success rate. Influenza B is H1N1, the swine flu they scared the shit out of us with uh, in 2009 and the best rate they can say is 37%. Every time I put that down on people with also the fact that what do you have? You have a 0.6% at best by the WHO uh, mortality rate. That's what we insane. understand. In May, the CDC, CDC said, what, a 0.4% death rate. And they know that those are low numbers. We know there are treatments outside of a vaccine that at, at what? At best, they're promoting is going to lower a mortality rate that's between 0.4 and 0.6% at the most. 
I mean, the fact that we haven't agreed on that information, put it out there and said, hey, by the way, guys, he wants to lock you down for another 16 to 18 months for something that maybe causes less death. And there are treatments now. I, I, I just don't know. We're now in the middle of August. We haven't gotten that across. Bill Gates is on a victory tour saying that very same thing. And most people don't know it. They think once the shot comes, it's over. Right. The New York State Bar Association has put it on paper. They want mandatory vaccinations, not only for New York, but the entire country. Uh, people are signing pledges to go to colleges. OK, in my town, they just opened up a snitch line, a tip line for students that are not social distancing. They can get thousand dollar fines. They can have a judicial process put against them. I think uh, a lot of people are being naive as to what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, because the next hype is lockdown, too and the spikes that colleges are going to create. You're gonna get one sick person, they're gonna right. test 500 students, they're gonna get 50 to 75 positives, they're gonna say spikes and lockdown two begins. Unless, unless somehow we get it across that again, there are steroid treatments, hydroxychloroquine is effective, vitamin C, vitamin D, et cetera, are effective treatments we can use now. Otherwise, again, we're waiting on a vaccine from billionaires that they're promoting. Exactly. I yeah, want to jump I mean, in. Also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you know. Go down. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Gordon, I think you're, you're, you're making very interesting points and comments. And I have to say it's one of the things leaving television and moving into social media. Um, you know, I was raised, you know, I, I'm used to, I have to prove my point. We're legally could be sued on CBS. So I had to make sure I had multiple sources for a story I'm covering. I would like to, you know, know that all of us are doing that, that it's easy. I've watched people lay out how dealt, how I'm an informant for the CIA or that I work for pharma and they lay out the timeline and it's, it's, it's dead accurate. Yeah. I totally worked on a CBS talk show that's funded by Merck and Pfizer. And then I went on, you know, and you watch it laid out, but you don't have any secondary sources. Like, it, you know, the only problem is that I'm not an informant. I don't work on the inside, you know, only I would know that. But, you know, we do have to be very careful, you know, and I am extremely careful on the high wire. One of the things I say all the time is I don't want you, I'm not here to tell you how to think. I'm trying to show you or, or what to think. I'm trying to show you how to think. I'm trying to show you yeah. where I look. So I provide full transparency. Every single document that I discuss on my show, we have a bot that sends it out. Um, but I also want to say that, you know, we can also be too sensitive. Mainstream media is lying to the people on a constant basis. It has, you know, they are absolutely creating a zombie society that are marching forward because they said it's true. We shouldn't get overly caught up with the types of people that just, there will always be those that just jump off of one tit onto another, not to be crass. I just can't think of a better way to say it, right? They just... That's just. I was thinking about tits as well. That was where. Yeah, it came yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They're not. They're not able to research, and they they're lazy, and it's just that's the greater body of our society, right? The, the greater body of us, 80, 90 percent of people are loving the unemployment in America and give a crap if their job disappears, you know. And, and so we can't worry about those people. In fact, we still need them. But what we need to have, and I think what we need to be concerned about is each other, right? Those of us, if I'm going to share your information, I want to know you do, did your due diligence. So if we That's did, what I'm talking about. Right. If we really did start laying down, 
you know, it, you know, if we're a part of, you know, some sort of tree or I'd love to be able to share information and you guys cover, I'm really specific. I'm really specifically in the health and medicine and I'm all over pharma and, and, and vouching these guys. But when it comes to banking or, you know, all these other rights issues are huge. I was just talking to uh, Trevor Fitzgibbon who, you know, worked with um, um, Ed Snowden and, and uh, Glenn Greenwald. And, you know, and he said, look, Dell, I don't think vaccines is the top of the thing. I know you're saying that you think this is the biggest issue there is. He said, but what I did recognize when I was listening to you talk is that it looks like vaccines is going to be the tool they will use to get everybody to buy into the surveillance system. And surveillance is our biggest issue. He says, if you can bring those two things together, then you bring millions of people together on topics. And those are the types of conversations we could be having with each other. Where's my blind spot on what I'm looking at and where do you have intel that gets us there? But I do, you know, I think we should, I personally take it very seriously that I have vetted. Am I perfect? There's no way to be perfect. I've, you know, I've been accused in newspapers that I, you know, have spread the idea that this is a man-made virus and someone called me out on it. I said, yeah, I had a scientist on that said that it was man-made and I actually had the same science on scientist on two weeks later saying, I've changed my mind. I don't think it's man-made, it's natural. I've had on scientists that say there's no way it could be man-made. Here's why it's natural. And I don't understand why, and someone said it earlier, why can't we, I'm, I'm supposed to be having a debate. I'm, I don't know. And I don't think anyone uh, has the moral authority or the understanding right now to claim a lot of the final truths on what took place here. I will say to all of you, I have a lot of scientists now reaching out telling me that this thing's about to turn and the man-made thing is about to really start uh, getting a lot of attention. So I think that that's interesting. But again, I won't report it on as fact until I see enough science that proves it. Otherwise, I think we should be having the conversation. I think it's interesting. And I think the fact that this virus appears to have been in most of our countries long before we were even talking about Wuhan makes it really difficult to stick with the narrative. Um, but again, I, I think you make a good point, though. We, we've got to be because they'll tear us apart, right? They tear us apart and yeah. make something, we get it wrong. They can, I mean, Tony Fauci is, is, you know, oh, masks are terrible. They don't work and they're bad for you. Oh, you got to have it. Now you need goggles. I mean, the guy's flip-flopped. Is, I mean, why anyone would follow him, I don't understand. But they can get away with it, right? Because they have the 24-hour news cycle mantra to fix any problems that they've had and just, you know, and they control most of, of the, the talking points. So I would like to stress along with you that we all do our work. Make sure you have a secondary source uh, or wait. The story's not ready to go, you know. I'm looking, did the daughter just die of a vaccine? I don't know. We're looking into it. I saw one source. Let's see if we can so find this, another This one. is the thing. I just want to mop up my, my verbal diarrhea there while, we, while we're kind of moving towards a, a positive note. Um, yeah, you're right. Like I want, I, 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 I'm on our show. I like to wait. I like to watch what's happening. I like to see like developments. Like people were shouting and roaring in my DMs for me to do an episode on 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 COVID, and I was, I did a live chat and I was like, "Well, this is what they're saying." And there, you know, there's there's uh, sulfur dioxide in the air in China in the first few weeks. Does that mean they're burning millions of bodies? I don't know. But like, I have to say with everything, I don't know. And also, this is being reported on the internet. My show is a netnography. It's a synthesis of in online information. I'm not getting primary sources, but I absolutely make that clear that it's like conjecture and synthesis of online information. And my the, the mantra on the show is check your sources. Like 
if you see something and it really it tickles your bean and you're like, oh my God, that totally agrees with everything that I believe. I knew it was true. Like maybe it's too true. Maybe you should like recheck your bias, you know, um, I'm using history and, and looking back at stuff that has already happened because the patterns repeat. So like this coming season, I'm doing an episode on the Chinese cultural revolution and the cult of personality around Mao. And I mean, if that's not history repeating itself, like uh, identically, you know, the trundling in of uh, totalitarian communism and, and um, communist statism and for, like complete control, complete uh, uh, informational control, uh, propaganda, like physical punishments, um, monitoring of movements of, of, of citizens and civilians. Like if America is not careful, like, it, you know, we're looking at 1954 China all over again with whoever gets elected instead of Trump, if that goes ahead. So like, won't happen. That's the way I'm looking at <laughs> uh, Sleepy Joe. But that's what I'm looking at. And I, I, I just, I'm aware that like people now because of social media tend to pick and choose like a, like a, a you know, a milk tray selection of their own truth. It's like, mm, I like the chewy ones. I like the nougat ones. And they leave all the fucking strawberry fondant because who the fuck likes that? I don't know why it's even in there. But the strawberry fondant is the shit that it's like, you know, that's your, that's your, that's your, your scientists. That's your historians. That's your archaeologists holding up like, you know, first time. That's your, your Graham Hancock's going like, I've been there. I've seen the shit with my eyes. I've tasted the sand on my tongue. This shit is real. And if we don't listen to those people or don't take that stuff on, I think we're missing a trick. I would like to collaborate with everybody here. I would like to do swap casts, contact me, DM me, uh, and we can hash out our differences uh, and also talk about our similarities and like, give each other's audiences contact, contextual contact uh, with our uh, uh, conversation. And definitely, I think like a link tree or something that would connect all our shows together that we could leave in everywhere, like a little, you know, breadcrumb trail. A lot of people who listen to my show hate listening to me. They hate fuck me. Like Howard Stern, they're like, what's this fat asshole going to say next, you know? And they send me hate messages and they go, go on Reddit and they bitch about me and think I won't see it, you know? <laughs> and uh, of course, because I'm Googling myself That's every day. That's the best. I love it. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. And I'm like, oh yeah, come on, what are you saying? And they listen just to hate. And I'm like, whatever, fucking downloads is downloads, right? But I know that they're going to be listening to one of your shows and agreeing with something you're saying or you say it in a different way, a way that's more palatable to them. I don't care as long as the information goes in. So let's share that thing. Let's get something that's like a universal link between us all that we share on all of our shows so that people can go, if they don't like the, the flavor of my truth, they can go and find a different flavor. Um, just, I want to do a swap cast until you told me about your fans. Now I'm going to get hate mail. I'll take his fans. We're all, we're all getting hate mail, man. We're all getting that shit. I'm getting more love mail than I'm getting hate mm -hmm. mail, but we're talking about like, maybe I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like uh, Father Sam coming out going, guys, we got to love each other. I'm going like, <laughs> I love who I love. Like, I don't want to love everybody. Let's be real about this shit. I don't love everyone and we can't. There's not enough. There's not enough juice in the tank. But like, I love who I love. Let, let's all come together. I, I'm up for swap casts. I'm up for guest interviews and all this kind of stuff. Um, but we check our sources. Let's be real about it. Uh, any small chink in the armor. We really can't say that anymore because it's racist. But any kind of, any small... Anything in the armor that's a gap for people to get in, 
they're going to fucking rip us apart, especially mainstream media. Look what they're doing to David Icke and Alex Jones and all these guys. Like a tiny little bit and they're in and you're gone. Exactly. So we have to be careful. So that's me. Uh, I, I'm going to stick around and listen, but thanks for listening. And um, contact me for Swapcasts or whatever. Oh, I'll call you tomorrow, man. Is that cool? <laughs> I really like what Dell said about the biggest, the big story is not just COVID. It's more about the surveillance cover-up, right? But what's an even bigger issue that we can all rally around, which is what, these, these abducted children. I mean, who doesn't feel bad when they hear about stories of children? And most people I've talked to, I've started interviewing people. They don't even know how bad it is. And where are these kids going? And what's happening to him? Is this something we could all a message we could rip? We could get out there in a ripple effect and and um, and uh, you know get people to rally behind. Can I can I jump in just for a second about that? Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say, um, you know, I think the bigger issues, and and I agree with this child abduction issue. This is a unification issue um, because it it brings if it's framed in such a way that you're not trying to make it. And I, and I understand the guy's done a lot, but you're not trying to make to, to break through the cognitive dissonance. You 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 want to just present the facts, and the facts are enough to get people to pull back from the reality of what you know. See what the reality is. It's like the other day I forgot the gentleman's name. Uh, Clay Clark was on Newsmax, and the lady asked her about corona, uh, the lady asked him about coronavirus and everything. Is he like? And he jumped in and he said, I don't know why anybody is listening to Dr. Fauci, who's directly and closely associated to Bill Gates, who is closely associated to Jeffrey Epstein, a pedophile. So I don't take my no one should be listening to this man at all who's giving health advice from someone who is deeply associated with a pedophile after he was convicted. And I think these are these are very clear, like you just lay down truth like that to where it just clears the air. There isn't a debate about, in other words, you're not taking a side on the debate. You're just laying the truth down and saying, are you going to listen to somebody who is deeply involved with a pedophile and just cite the New York Times article, even though that's a whitewashed story? They can go in and look at it. It's like, no, there isn't a guilt by association with a photo there. There's a guy over several years with his associates working in close concert discussing $100 million for a woman's charity while this guy is raping and torturing women. I mean, those are just like clear, like just, just bullet points. And I think that this human trafficking issue, this child sex exploitation, and really looking at how the media portrays it and what they omit from it without going into the nuance and the detail and saying they're lying, they're lying. You're going, wait a minute, hold on a second. Good Morning America the other day had a segment on QAnon, but the whole thing was about conspiracy theory that there's a pedophile ring in Washington, D.C. This is the same ABC News that's owned by Disney that covered up Jeffrey Epstein and Virginia Guffrey in 2016 as evidenced in the video that was leaked by Project Veritas. And they have the gall to tell you now, they're gaslighting you literally in your face, that they're telling you you are a conspiracy theorist if you can't put one and one together. I, I'm, I'm just saying these are unifying issues. These are themes that we need to get out in front of, and I think it'll bring more people into discovering the truth for themselves because for so very long what I see online, and it's not you guys, I'm just saying in general, is that these, these issues are about 
if you don't believe this, then you, you're wrong. And it only reinforces all of the programming that people have gotten for such a very long time. Whereas if you ask the question, it's like, if this is true, how can this also be true? If this is true, how can this also be true? And allow them to discover that for themselves. Because if at minimum they block you or they don't listen to you, there's a whole bunch of other people who are listening to that conversation. And what you've done by presenting the truth and the facts in such a clear and self-evident way, you've prepared them for the next speaker and the next connecting point. I have talked to so many people in Hollywood that in the last several months are seeing these woke people in their little groups discussing human trafficking going on in Hollywood because the fact is, is that there was the Maxwell testimony or the testimony of Virginia Guffrey that came out and the media had was silent on it. And you sit there and go, well, wait a minute, hold on a second. Aren't, don't these celebrities have children? Why are they not taught? I mean, why are they not using this, the Me Too crowd, using this as an opportunity to show the white male patriarchy? I mean, I'm not trying to, to make it so simple and, and, and be crass about it, but why are they not speaking out on this issue? Why are they not demanding investigations into the fact that Bill Clinton, who was a mega donor, and Harvey Weinstein, who was funding Kamala Harris's campaign, when they had the Child Protection Act for California that was passed in 2012, and it was never enforced while she was Attorney General. I mean, these are just these are just the questions that gotta come out so that we get through this cognitive distance and we start going, yeah, why is that? And then you give them the resource and say, you know, take a look at this, take a look at this, and let them learn, learn to fish for themselves so that they can begin to discover that. Because ultimately, you know, my approach, I, I'm, you know, I'm for Trump and all the good stuff that he does in the face of this evil, but I also know that there is so much more that we have to do. I mean, we, we have a problem with, which is beyond political and it's beyond corporate. It's a human issue. This human trafficking issue is not our fault, but at the same time, it's on our unawareness. And, it, and what you're talking about, Tim, is raising that awareness in people's minds to get them thinking about who's doing what here? Who is protecting whom here? Who's silent on this issue? The silence on this issue, you're talking about kids. We're not talking about young women who were getting paid money for sex. We're talking about children that were raped, tortured, and beaten. And this is by their own testimony. This is by their own testimony that's in the available open source material. You get it in little clips and little pieces, but one of them said, my God, the girl came back. She could barely walk after being beaten by one of the clients that Jeffrey Epstein had sent her to. And he, she complained to him about the pain that she was in. And his response in print said, you get that sometimes. And he sent her right back out. That is like as clear as day to me, and, it, and you will bring in mothers and fathers who have children. And my thought is this, look, we're all coming from it in different respects. You guys, some of you have kids, you know, others, you're part of bigger families, some not. But when you're starting to get to moms and dads who have small children, you need those people. That's the silent majority, not the people in the know. The silent majority are those that need to be awakened to this issue 
We need loving mothers and fathers to come forward and stand up and say no more of this shit because they're the ones who pay the dollars for the entertainment. They're the ones who spend the money and they're the ones who listen to these people on TV. And you get them turning them off, you are going to have a massive movement in this country unlike anything you've ever seen and it will spread worldwide. That's just my opinion, but I, I, I wanted to, to echo what Tim is saying there because it's a fundamental issue that doesn't require any political uh, ideology, dogma, persuasion. John, in, in a much, uh, in a much more eloquent way, you just said I, what I was saying. Yeah, of, John, of like, can I get your contact info? Sorry. John, how do I get a hold of you? Uh, um, because I'd like to bring you on. Because the truth is, is you know, you're speaking as though I understand all you're talking about. But to Gordon's point, I'm so focused on the, researching the world I'm in. I'm terrified of going near the child trafficking because, you know, I watch Out of the Shadows and I watch Fall of the Cabal. There's not a damn source in any of that. Like, so, right. you know, I'm not, you know, I don't have the time to research where to look. If you've looked, then I'll bring you on the show, bring yeah. the sources. I created and I, and I created a document that viral video I did. There were so many people that DM'd me. I just created a viral document, like a Word doc, and okay. a PDF, and I put links to everything that I mentioned in there so that people could go and search for themselves. But I'd be happy. Look, I just think we need to get this information out, whether it's me yeah. or anybody else. It's information that needs to travel outside of our our circles and start breaking through and getting out there to amplify that message because that is a unifying issue and it's not whether you're pro-Trump or not or whether you even think Trump is the guy. I mean, I've had so many people go, well, what about this? What about this? What about that? And it's like, I tell them, look, I have access to the same internet that you do. And what I try to do is when I hear something and even if I see an article and even if I see a lawsuit, I'm going to go and try to investigate to prove it true and not true. And I'm going to, I'm going to listen to other people. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to try to listen to what other people, and if they, not if they can persuade me, but if they bring me fact-based evidence, then I have to decide. Then I have to decide. It's like, I give them the example. I said, look at, when I say the name Julian Assange, some people go, oh, and I say, look, accept 100% face value that he's Putin's puppet. He helped rig the election. He was working and colluding with Donald Trump. Those DNC emails and those Podesta emails is the inf information in there true or not true? Right. Because the media will do character assassination after character assassination to keep you from the truth and imprint that emotionally into your brain. That's, that's part of the program. But, but that's the thing that I want to just clear the air with all, from all of the bullshit. Just lay it out there and say, you guys decide what you want to do with this. But this, these are testimonies from people and these are news articles written in the Daily Beast, BuzzFeed and elsewhere that give you fact-based evidence. So yes, to your point, um, if you want to, if you want to do a show on that, I'm not going to come on there and just give, you know, the general overview. I will, I will teach people how to fish for this information and go for it if they want to. Great. How do I reach out to you? Um, I'll, uh, I'll put my email out to everybody here. Um, Great. can we all do that? Can we just agree to an email list that comes from yeah. this group? Cause I'd, I'd like to be able to reach out to all you. Ricky can hook that up. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll do that because you're, you're thank you, Ricky. Your manager, Dell, I think uh, I actually added everybody in the same email for that purpose so people could kind of connect if they wanted to. Oh, you cool. All right, great. 
So I'll, I'll when I send out the links to this episode, I'll make sure I include everybody who who is participating. That way, if you guys want to connect, everybody can connect. Connect and uh, but I'll specifically send one. I'll send uh, John's uh, email. Well, to you. All, as long as they're all in there, that's great. Yeah, that's and great. I think the more the merrier. The more people we can get on that, and the merrier, especially if you guys Absolutely. have different yeah. perspectives on it. Because I look, I I was a guy who was thrown into it. Uh, found about it in 2017. Did a lot of research with my business partner and have continued learning, but. I certainly don't know every single detail about it because there have been people who have been absolute experts on Jeffrey Epstein from every aspect of the finances, the connections. They've mapped the whole thing out. They've plotted the whole stuff in the island. I mean, it's just, it's so vast and so crazy and it's only the tip of an iceberg. So the more voices we can have on that, the better. Yeah, we had Whitney Webb on with us uh, last week. She's one of the best researchers in regards to that. And Nick Bryan, who wrote The Franklin Scandal, he's usually on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Another great, great author. Great guy. Yeah. If you want to hit that topic, though, I'll send you a couple uh, guests. Great. And uh, so hey, we while, while we've got Dean here with us, oh, yeah, Dean, truth is, might be a good yeah. time uh, to talk about it. It's a bit of a change of subject, but we've got somebody that works who does up is down podcast, but also happens to work for the U.S. Post Office. So while we've got him here, Dean, what is the situation? Can you fill us in and educate us on this a little bit? First, I want to check my mic. Can you guys hear me okay? We can hear you. Yeah. Okay, cool. I really don't want to change the subject that much, honestly. I think that's an important conversation to have. Um, I said in the chat that I just I don't share the optimism about it, honestly. I don't think people want to consider, you know, the main, that their whole worldview might be changed completely with just fathoming that possibility that the government and the industrial intelligence complex and the prison complex and every sense of authority outside of ourselves who has replaced our fathers could be possible of hurting our children. People shut down the moment you bring that up and you become a fringe speaker, some crazy person, even though it's a stark crystal clear reality. So I don't really want to change the subject, but if you want to know about the post office and what's going on from my perspective, I'm happy to talk about it. Well, I just figured you were here, but we can, we can do it another time. You can come back on when, the next time around and do it it's it's up to you guys uh you know i i don't really want to talk about it actually honestly no i'd rather keep this conversation going i think it's important to have um and we can do it on a different podcast or people can guess i think i'm talking with ed and scott and um i forgot the other person in truthzilla don't know oh, what megan yeah she could make it tonight unfortunately but yeah oh, that's fine forget the good uh, look are you guys are you guys still know, down to talk on wednesday hell yeah dude hell yeah you got it. Yep. Cool. Well, then, well, yeah. So tune into the next Truthzilla um, podcast that they produce. I'm probably going to co-produce it as well. Yep. And we'll be talking about the post office in depth and that. But I think when it comes to the human trafficking, like I kind of mentioned, the government and the authority outside of ourselves, whether that is the intelligence or our teachers or principals or churches have replaced the fathers. And when we put that into the context of human trafficking and child abuse, People shut down when they hear that anyone outside of themselves that they have entrusted with the outcome of their life and the sanctity of their their home and their security and their worldview is questionable. People literally shut down and they will not. They will violently oppose the suggestion of that to the point where you are shut out. You're no longer invited back to the group um, and that you're, you're the fringe person. And I and that's not to say that there's no hope. There is hope. Just the fact that, you know, there's, I think it was, I heard Darren from Grimerica talking about that meme 
of the kids in the masks. And that was something I never really considered before, but it makes perfect sense when there is a child who has a mask on their face, which is something I vehemently oppose fundamentally uh, is so I don't care if it's 66,000 times or six times. It doesn't matter. Does it matter how many times more likely it is that they're going to be subject to trafficking or abuse? The point is, is unidentifiability. They are no longer identified. The, the culprit is no longer identified. And that even though schools are closed and my kid isn't walking to school. Um, but when she, when she was going to school and I was driving her there, there was like probably 20 kids, you know, on their way to school by themselves in groups of twos and threes, but there were some stragglers and we all know what happens. You know, we know that this shit happens all the time, but people, they, they simply do not want to acknowledge it because it, it puts their whole worldview into question. And that takes an enormous amount of courage. And I just don't think that the greater population has anything close to that amount of courage to even start to have that. I can't even begin to have that conversation with the mother of my child. And most of my friends and neighbors who have children who maybe are separated or they're still together, either they're on board or they're not. They will not have the conversation unless they're people like us. And so, and ultimately we find ourselves talking to ourselves about this. That's just kind of where I'm at with it. I, I want to be optimistic about it. I, I know that it is, it is a multi-billion dollar industry. It is a whole nother economy of child abuse. And it's way more than just the physical buying and selling and trading and abusing of children. There is a esoteric and spiritual psycho, psycho value to this kind of stuff that goes back thousands and thousands of years. It is consecrated in our holidays. It is consecrated in our economy. It is so, so fucking deep that there really is no end to it. There's no end to, there, there, there's no light at the end of that rabbit hole as far as I'm concerned. And it is incredibly depressing and it's something terrifying. Um, I, I just don't share the optimism that we're ever going to get the majority of thinking or even halfway awake people on board with it. I just think that they're too terrified of their worldview being put into question because that's going to make them question everything. And like, there's a guy... Frank Zero um, from the Farm podcast. He does a Zero Hour on YouTube. He said something in a conversation with me a few a few months back. He's like, in order to get people to to wake up to Epstein as a real, not a phenomenon, but a real pivotal cornerstone of a larger psychological change, or as just a cornerstone of a particular type of awareness, they also have to accept and be and, and awaken to everything else at the same time because they're all interconnected. And I, I don't disagree with that entirely, but rather than, um, and I mean, I could digress on that for hours and hours. So I'll just, I'll give it up to whoever has opinions about this, but I think this is an important conversation to have. Yeah, it's so, it's so important. I mean, and John, thank you so much, man. You made some really good points there. And I just saw it myself personally in the last couple of days, uh, you know, just, that's going to be, you know, they, they're dividing us on everything, you know, it's like masks or no masks or whose life matters, you know, like, like they have us divided on these sides and that's going to be the vector that they're going to attack us on, on this issue that should be something that unifies us. Absolutely. Uh, but now, you know, they're throwing the conspiracy theory side, oh, Q, not Q, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it's like my argument was, and, and, and it's going to come from social media too. And I, I, I got to admit, I fell for the trap. I try to use social media only to promote our stuff these days, but I still get sucked into having these debates with people, you know, with, with people that 
are just, uh, as, as I've heard Monica say, coincidence theorists. We've been using that term a lot, which is just hilarious. They're all, you know, the coincidence theorists out there. Information analysts. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, we, are. we need to redefine that because as long as, long as we keep. Oh, shoot. Oh, oh we. I think Sorry, Dean. I was just going to finish what I was saying real quick. It's just that, like, um, you know, so, so. Uh, the debate that I was having with somebody is like, you know, whether or not you agree or not with Q, you know, at least it's bringing that to the public consciousness. At least that's it's, it's bringing some awareness to this issue, whether or not, you know, Pizzagate's real, Pizzagate's not. And and the pushback I got was, well, I'm a high school teacher and it's my job to teach these kids information. Uh, what was it? Uh, information. Uh, intellect uh you know and, and and it's like so she's teaching these people how, and and to avoid falling down these conspiracy rabbit holes like you say and and it's just like it's just so diabolical man and and uh i don't know i mean uh it, what should be a unifying nation we're already seeing it dividing us and as things are coming to a head you know the establishment is going to push us farther apart on that angle i think it's just kind of scary uh, i know we haven't heard from uh from Ben, I know you join us a little. You wanna you wanna chime in, Ben, before we start winding things down? Yeah, hey guys. Um, so in case you don't know me, I'm Ben from Edge of Wonder, and um, I've actually been listening since the beginning. I was just working, <laughs> and I, the conversation was just so amazing that I was like, I'm I'm, I'm I I want to join actually, just because what you guys have been talking about the whole time has just been phenomenal, and um. I think so many of you guys have made so many important points for everything from the censorship to what is happening, you know, with the lockdown and the virus situation, everything related to what's happening with CCP and China, how that's directly affecting everything over here and just, just all of this. But I really think that John, the point that you made about the, it, how this is, the people i mean like you you guys have been talking about like we're you know we can all kind of talk to each other but it, it it really comes down to the mainstream media like they're the way i look at it is they are our biggest i don't want to necessarily want to use the word enemy but it i guess against the people that that's what's going on and the moment people stop listening to the media and start listening to you know the alternative voice that's when I think things are going to change. And I think we're slowly starting to see that. I mean, every day we get comments from people saying that, you know, they just woke up, they're finally realizing what's going on, you know? And um, I think the, the really important thing is that, you know, we have to remember it's like even some of my own family members, they just don't want to think about this stuff. You know, they're living in their own thing and it's like, this stuff is just depressing and they don't know what to do with it. And they don't, it's like, it's easier to ignore it and just keep living your life and just being oblivious to everything that is going on. But, you know, for, for the people listening out there, I think one thing that I tell people is that with, you know, share this knowledge with somebody else, even if it's one person, even if you're checking out the grocery store, you know, start a conversation about this and, you know, if you can do that to like one person a week and then one person a day, you know, you'll start talking, you'll have a, a huge amount of people by the, you know, and end of the day that you're actually talking to, even if they don't believe you or follow through with it, just the more people that can do this, I think that will start waking up the mainstream people that are there 
And it's like, sorry, everybody was been talking about families and people have kids, you know, and I think, you know, when it starts hitting home, that's when I think people will, will want to speak out, will want to look into this more on their own. And I think it is encouraging that less and less people are listening to the mainstream media. But John, I think you brought up an excellent point about the connections and, you know, using, you said like New York Times is connecting Epstein with Bill Gates and all of these different things. And I I think the important thing is asking questions to people, get people to think about things on their own and educate people through that. So, um, but I, but, you know, it's hard. I mean, uh, you know, when we, I think a lot of us, when we're learning about the children aspect and really what is going on, it's hard to accept. It's hard to research this stuff. It, you know, it gets in your head. It makes you crazy. It makes you depressed to see what's going on. But I, and I think that, you know, Sam was talking earlier about unity and really coming together and just that whole conversation just really touched me because it's like, yeah, that's what's so important. It doesn't really matter, you know, again, whether Q is real or not real or whatever. It, it, what matters is, is the information and the information that is being presented and the information that is there and what we do with that information. Do we just, you know, look at it and then move on or do we look into it ourselves and share this information and share what we're finding and of course, you know, not n- none of us have the answers. And the problem is the media is not doing their own job. So it's like it's up to citizen journalists and independent people and media to to do their own research and to find these things because the media that has all the money is doing the opposite. They're trying to, you know, shut down what it, what we're doing. But I think as we can see we're having such amazing impact and I mean us as a collectively because of all the censorship. And in some ways, I think the censorship, you know, as horrible as it is, it also shows the positive effect that we're having collectively because of the mass amount of censorship. And they're so afraid of people waking up. And I heard that, you know, if 10% of the population can wake up, it's over because that, that 10%, you know, eventually it'll be 11, 12, then, you know, 20, and then everyone will start waking up. And this is the biggest thing that like the cabal kind of fears, you know, but, um, but I I just really want to thank everybody who's been on here and um, amazing conversation. And uh, I just really was like, wow, I really want to join this. And Mel was talking earlier about New York and I'm, I'm actually in New York right now. And this is, that's exactly what is happening too with all of that. And um, it's just, I feel that it's all the distraction, a lot of it, you know, from what the essence of what truly is happening, which is about the kids and about everything else that is going on in the world that, you know, the media and the cabal doesn't want people to look into and to know about. Well, you said nobody cares until it hits home. And isn't it funny how the vaccine debates like that, Right. Because nobody cared about vaccines when they're poking their kids. And then when we're talking about, hey, uh, how about that coronavirus vaccine? What if it's a uh, mandatory? People are like, oh, shit, let me rethink this vaccine thing. So it's funny how, you know, it was completely OK to take the pediatrician's word for it and not, not care when when you're poking your child. But when it was your turn, it was different. And censorship. 
Chrissy Mayer, who was on our last uh, Union of the Unwanted, she was online. You want to talk about citizen uh, uh, journalism? She was on Twitter saying these are pedophile, pedophile Twitter accounts, sharing them, saying we need to report them. Why are you uh, knocking people who are Q fans off Twitter? Why are you doing all these things? And yet these accounts exist. Report them. And she gets in trouble for it. She gets in trouble for it. Like, it's ridiculous. There's actual porn on Twitter. There's a pedal, you know, pedal uh, 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 Twitter accounts. And yet you're chasing people who are, you know, people like Del Bigtree. Like, are, are you serious? Like, it, it just yeah. shows how little they actually care about, you know, violence and, and harmful content. It's not about that. Other thing, I think um, tomorrow, uh, I, I believe Ben Swan is also going to host the pandemic uh the documentary when they're gonna he's gonna show it on there so check that out it's ise.media is his new platform that he's pushing um you know i had him on my show recently he was talking about it he said anybody who wants to you know join in share your content definitely go check out what he's doing over there i love every and and, and any solution to uh the, the crappy social media accounts mm -hmm. we have now i, I know mike wants a, a you know he, he usually wants rapid usually around this time so uh can i make a prediction for the road yeah yeah all right here we go so elon musk is going to debut his Neuralink by installing it into joe biden giving him superhuman intelligence they're going to sweep the election dude i'm so <laughs> <laughs> does anybody want to uh b before before i let anybody go anybody who, who wants to add a little more or want have any uh final words want to say anything james i just wanted to say i'm all all on board with you Right then, and what you just said, yes. <laughs> Del, I, thank you for being with with us, Del. I really appreciate. It. I know you're a busy man. For you to take two hours to hear, you know, all our opinions and some dick jokes, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and and also, we're all huge fans of yours. I mean, when I was telling people <laughs> that Del was going to join us today. Uh, I mean, everybody was super excited, and and you know, it really is. Uh, I think to, personally, I, as you know, I'm I'm with you. I think it's the vaccine issue, but the big pharma issue is one of the most important issues. Uh, so you know, and we saw it at the Red Pill Expo. I mean, there's a reason why so many great speakers, but I think you really motivated people, and and people were really just intrigued with with this topic because it does hit home. It comes into our personal homes. It affects our children. Affects us, and it's. You know, the military, let's be honest, the military industrial complex, like most of us can go on with our everyday lives while we're uh, killing innocent people overseas, you know, but this actually does hit home. You know, it, it hits us all uh, personally. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm just saying that, you know, this is why this issue, I think, uh, is getting so much attention and, and so much extra motivation and, and emotional support. So, um, sorry, I told you guys if you wanted to talk and then I go on a, land, a long rant myself. Yeah, well, Rick, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead now. Well, I just want to say thank you to all of you, you know, out there. This has been a really great conversation and um, and enlightening and informative. And there's a lot that, you know, I'm so busy and focused on what I'm doing. It's really great to hear from all of you. And I appreciate all of you. Many of you have been on your podcast. If I haven't, I'm totally open to do that. Uh, I do. I, I think that, you know, we can't be afraid of conversations. And I, I'll, I admit it, that the, the sex trafficking conversation uh, has to be done correctly for my audience. Like we all have different audiences. We're, we're trying to speak to different people. Uh, I'm not afraid of any conversation, but if I'm going to do it, I have to do it right. I want to do it right. Um, and I will say about this vaccine issue that I do think this is the, I think it's the ultimate Achilles heel because all of the other conversations, whether we're talking about banking or 
you know, even in, you know, child trafficking, it does not directly affect each person. Um, whereas this vaccine issue is now in a place where it is, it is actually, and I've, I've said it for years, I said, the moment this is all going to come to a head, the battlefield will be the adult vaccination program, which I knew was what this was always, always going to be about. I believe it really is what this pandemic is all about. It has other underpinnings. It is moving financial currencies and changing things. But they are, what you're watching right now, Tony Fauci and, and these people that have now, and the FDA, CDC, coming out against hydroxychloroquine, the United States of America is now officially murdering American citizens. We've never seen, and don't take that lightly. That means their agenda is so important, they are now put their lives on the line. Tony Fauci, it will be able to be tried for crimes against humanity, and I will be at the front of doing that. But he is not, it's not lost on him that he has taken on that level. They want every one of us being injected. And the reason this topic is so important is because it truly is the most powerful religion in the world. Our belief in medicine now transcends anybody's, most people's belief in Judaism, Islamic, Christian, you name it. Everybody drops their God the second their doctor tells them you're dying of cancer or this virus is going to kill you. There's no God. There's no divine creation. There's no, you're not allowed in church. All of it's being obliterated. So I've always thought, and it was interesting, it was sort of a non-topic five years ago. My own mother-in-law said, it's crazy, Dell. I watched you get on this vaccine discussion. And somehow over the years, I've watched it now become the number one biggest discussion in the entire world. But it all falls around. We bring down the sickness in our governments with this vaccine program because everyone's been a part of it. Everyone's lied from the beginning. They have knowingly maimed children. They never did the safety studies. I can tell you, you can all say that. Every single childhood vaccine we've given our kids have never been through a placebo study. Yet now you see all the scientists going, we got to have at least a placebo study. The other ones went through for the coronavirus vaccine we're going to have to take. They never did it. It's never been done. When people recognize that, when they recognize they were lied to on that level, there is no government that can stand. That will crush everybody, every parent, everyone that trusted their doctors. And that is a reset. You want to talk about a reset? We are bringing the reset and it does tie into all of these other things, but you know, and we all pick our audiences, what we're talking about, but that's why I think vaccines is so key. And if anyone wants to, you know, get deeper into it, all I bring is facts. And, and I also, I'm, I'm not sure how many of you sue government agencies, but we just forced the FDA to add a saline placebo. My nonprofit did it because we've already won against the FDA and they know we're setting up a war in Supreme court. And so they are really starting to beckon to us, which is why I'm getting censored. They got to shut us down. Hopefully I live long enough to see this all through to the end. But uh, I, I love all you guys. Keep up the great work. Stay positive. Uh, we really are. And, 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 and it's true. Mainstream media is the biggest problem we have. Uh, we could change any problem we have in the world if there were no television sets. There's no government power. Bill Gates has no power. It's NBC, ABC, Fox. These news networks are brainwashing the world in a 24-hour cycle that makes people believe they are powerless and there's nothing they can do. Uh, you know, uh, that's one of the things I would love if Trump gets reelected. I hope he will take away uh, pharma um, advertising. We're one of the only countries that do, does it. I think you could really, if he did that one single act, 
we could shift the discussions in this world, get pharma out of advertising and get them out of CBS and NBC. Because the truth is the reporters there are like you and I. There are really good people. There's really good scientists in the CDC that want to do what's right. There's great reporters inside of news agencies. But when you're in there, if you've worked for CBS, you're owned. You do the best you can, but they're all owned. We need to free up those true voices that are just like ours that are inside the system. But I'm all about bringing it down. Um, I, think we're, I think we're well on our way, but it's going to take a lot of work, and it's about to get really ugly, everybody. So hold on tight. Yeah. Dell, I really like that point that you just made too. I think it's like, if you could have one point that I could share as podcasting and Facebook and posting and doing all that stuff that we could all agree on, that's like so clear cut, like what John said, you know, Fauci's tied to Gates, Gates was tied to Epstein, New York, cite the New York Times article, drop the gift and walk away from these people and let them, and then they hear to the next person, the next person, the next person. And I think it would be a really good thing for this child trafficking thing. You know, simple stuff, taking the complex and making it simple, saying, hey, yeah. like, did you know that every day and a half we're having a 9-11? That's how many children are getting swiped from the streets. Did you know that? You know, 2,000 kids a day are getting swiped from their parents, from their homes. People like, I mean, nobody knows this stuff. What, you know, they're doing on, NBC, on mainstream media, they have a death count for COVID. Why don't we all have counters for children abduction on our, on our, on our platforms? And start well, and, showing that it's like there it is there it is there's the character think, every day i think this mask you know hiding children's faces making it easier to abduct is a very simple you know baby step into really freaking people out you know making people think god my kid is more vulnerable they could be duct tape below a mask a, a kid in a mask i mean we could put out just a campaign a kid in a mask can't mouth the words help me to a police officer period that's it. That's all we yep. got to say. We're out right there. Those types of things, we don't even have to get in the whole story for so many people. Just plant a seed that leaves them staring. I, all I ever think when I do a show, I want you staring at your ceiling with one question you cannot get around, one thought that drives you crazy. And that's it. When I thought about that, when someone mentioned that the other day, your kid cannot get help. They cannot say they've been abducted. I think, it, I think this is going to be hard for anyone to fight. It's hard to go against that. And then you just say, and then you mentioned the numbers you just said, the levels of abductions, where are they going to be at if kids can't even yell help? God, mm. help us. Hey, guys, I hate to I hate to interrupt everyone, but I got to shut the stream down. I got to wake up in a few hours. All right, <laughs> so, Mike, thank you. So, hey, thank you, everyone. Um, it's a packed show. Um, and I will have the links to the video out and MP3s to Ricky, and he'll send it out to, to the email and everyone. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank Keep up yeah, the fight, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, share this video, too. There's coming up pretty soon. Adios. Help us down podcast. Thanks for the invite. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting Ricky. Shonendumb.com. together. All right. It's over. Carl. Nice. Carl was too high to join.